get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone. Happy Tuesday and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Also on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. And if you're listening on the 101 ESPN app, we thank you for tuning in from all over the world. Brooke Grimsley is here, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we are going to be relentless for the next three hours, just like your St. Louis Cardinals were last night. Yes. Right, if you just right, wake up, the flash, apparently official, the Cardinals just don't quit. Mm. They, they play a hard nine. Uh, and you know, you know, if you're the opposition, you get into a ninth inning and you have a lead against the Cardinals, you are in trouble. Good luck. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Yeah. If there's one takeaway that I had from last night is that the Cardinals bullpen is bad, but the Diamonds back <laughs> bullpen is even worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Especially Chafin. Woo. Woo. That was uh, a that yeah. was rough. Thank you to Chafin. Maybe we should applaud Chafin for yeah. that. Uh, no. OK. So All right. Uh, he Andrew, was terrible. Grim Reaper out early today, <laughs> fellas. Watch out. Yeah, uh, he's a big fella. <laughs> and uh, last night, uh, he pitched kind of small. He pitched two-thirds of an inning. He did get two outs. Uh, he, he allowed three uh, hits. He allowed five runs all earned. He walked a couple. Did strike out a couple. But their closer, their closer threw 37 pitches. And here is the way last night's ninth inning unfolded with the Cardinals trailing by a score of... Six to uh, two, heading six to three. I'm sorry, six to five, heading into the ninth, uh, into the top of the ninth. And here we go. Well, how fitting would it be for him to come back to the desert and at least get this game tied? Line left field base hit. One run scores. Here comes Contreras. He'll stop at third. Goldie comes through with a game tying hit. It's six six. One and it back. Yeah, and that was just the start of things. Goldie with the, the great at-bat to tie the game at six. And then Lars Newtbar with Contreras on and Goldie on and Donovan on. The 3-2 pitch. Runners go. Ball four. Cardinals have the lead. Chip Carey the call on Bally Sports. And that's the most exciting walk the Cardinals had. And guess who else came up? A guy who may have gotten the Cardinals a little bit more on August 1st. Cardinal at every base, the pitch. Swing, drive, hammer toward left. That ball is down and into the corner. Two-run score. Here comes Nuna around third. He's getting waved. Oh, he clears him with a double. And he didn't pull a hamstring. Woo. Yes, Most that is something. Yeah. No is back something. injuries, no shoulder. He stayed healthy. Yeah, completely He's healthy. And the Cardinals win it. They win it 10-6. Oh, and oh, by the way, uh, Adam Wainwright stealing that $17.5 million this year uh, by pitching five <laughs> innings, two runs, both earned, four hits. He uh, struck out three and walked two in 76 pitches. Uh, well, it's a little disheartening. Burke mentioned it. The, the Cardinals bullpen, let him down. Let, let, yeah. let Adam yeah. down because you're looking at win 199. He left the game with a 5-2 lead. Next inning, it's now it's 5-3, and then all of a sudden the uh, Diamondbacks are up 6-5, to five, and you're – I know Adam Wainwright is happy about the Cardinals win, right? Mm -hmm. 
his team's probably not going anywhere this year. And so he probably really wants to get to that 200 the sooner rather than later. And so that was a, for me, that was a little bit disheartening that the, that the bullpen Stratton and Jojo Romero, who has pitched great, uh, just couldn't keep him in line for the victory. And that's one of those things, too, where we've heard the front office and Ali Marmal talk about, like, we've been trying to push the right buttons. In that instance, I don't even know who else you would go to. No, yeah, 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 right. And JoJo Romero has been really been great. And But something about the Cardinals and their bullpen this season, blown saves, I mean, one run leads, is just a recipe for disaster for the bullpen. Yeah, as uh, John Mozeliak would say, not great. Not nah. great. But they came away with the 10-6 victory, and they'll go for two in a row tonight. So they, they they snap the losing streak, and that's a good thing. And the Cardinals, if you aren't aware of it, are still not in the cellar. So I think that's one of the positives we have to take out of this, is that, sure, they're 11 games out of first, but they aren't in last. <laughs> okay, that's, 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 a, that's a way to look at that, for sure. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, everything that's wonderful is what I they're 11 yeah. games under 500, which is hey. not great. Maybe they'll get back to 500. Well, let's do that. Uh, good to have Goldie. And our guy yes. Stephen Matz goes tonight against Zach Gallen. Oh, Ooh. that sounds familiar. Yeah. Where is he from? He's a Cardinal uh, farmhand. Oh. They, they just, uh, I think they loaned him they, to uh, the Miami maybe. He's pretty and, good though, right? Uh, yeah. They took a shot. He was, he was kind of a flyer. All-star um, game starter. <laughs> For oh. the Cardinals? Um, no, Kerry. Uh, he is with the Arizona Diamondbacks now. Why is he with them? Because he got traded there by the Miami oh. Marlins. Oh, after no. the Cardinals had traded in Miami in the Marcelo Zuna oh. trade with Sandy Alcantara and Magnus oh. Sierra. Oh. Yeah. You, you gave up one good pitcher guys. in that trade. Come on. Yeah. Why do we got to get angry? You gave up one good pitcher. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> realistic, Randy. Okay. Point, Matthew. Three and eight with a four yeah. zero ERA. Uh, Saquon Barkley has a new deal. You thought he was going to hold out, didn't you? Well, Saquon Barkley, breaking news this morning, signs a one-year deal for eleven million dollars with, of course, the New York Football Giants, so that they can uh, fulfill my prediction that they'll win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, that is a bold <laughs> prediction, <laughs> sir. And your Super Bowl MVP is not one Saquon Barkley; it's Daniel Jones. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that's mm. very bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess the the NFC has the easiest route to the Super Bowl in comparison to the AFC with all of those quarterbacks. I, I think there's a team in their division, two teams in their division that they're going to have trouble with. One being the Cowboys and the other being the Philadelphia Eagles no, that actually trouble, made it to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the uh, odds-on favorite to make it out of the NFC. They the, the defenders always are. Yeah. But how often do they make this it? This is true. Randy, I have a prop bet uh, for the Super Bowl okay. already pulled up. Like this? Uh, the Is Daniel Jones going to outrush Saquon Barkley in the Super Bowl? That's a Ooh. very good one. <laughs> that's, a that's, a, great that's a great one. one. That, that'll pay out, too. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that'll pay out, too. Ooh, I'm going yes. to put that in right now. I'll get, like, plus 70000 oh, By the way, mm. if we're doing futures here right now, um, who's going to represent the AFC against the Giants? Because I don't think Dolphins. Kansas City's making it I think it's going to be the—I think it's the Bengals' time. That's I a just, great call. I think, I think it's their time. They're, they've just kind of been year after year right there, mm-hmm. come up short, made it to the Super Bowl, come up short— AFC Championship games, just they're right there, poised. Joe Burrow is is. If they didn't start off the season as slowly as they did last year, they probably would have been a better, been in a better position. And then you had that uh, unfortunate incident where you had to miss a game 
They had to cancel the game. It's a lot of things that didn't happen well, right in the right direction yeah. for them. I think the Kansas City, I think the uh, Cincinnati Bengals are the team that's poised to do that. So I know that Kerry Davis can't hate me because he's too good of a guy, but I know he can come close. And I'm going to say the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> really? So you know what? Mm-hmm. I, as much as I don't like that team that wears purple, mm-hmm. I do like. You can't even bring yourself to say their name. Yeah, no, I don't. And someone <laughs> asked me, was I going to watch the. Uh, they had a 30 for 30. Are you going to watch them? What the hell am I going to watch that for? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell I look like. They give a damn about them. <laughs> they, they call them the bullies of Baltimore. They're not no damn bullies. They're just a couple of guys that wear purple. It's okay. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is. Probably, in my in my opinion, could win the MVP again. I think he's got a new OC. He's got weapons mm-hmm. on the outside, and he's still going to be able to run the ball the way he has in his in his career thus far. He's my fa- he's my favorite to win the MVP, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if they made it to the Super Bowl. Wow, it, it, it wouldn't. So a rematch of two thousand, uh, Giants and and, um, and yeah, Ravens and Ravens. Yeah, that was a that wasn't a good matchup for the Giants. I don't think anybody was. Well, there, there was one good matchup for the for the Ravens that year. I would have liked it if the uh, Minnesota Vikings made made it to that Super Bowl. And that the Vikings team, lost, they lost 41 nothing, game. right? No, didn't they lose in the NFC Championship game? Or was that a different year when they lost to the Falcons? Which year did did Randall Cunningham and and Randy Moss? Oh, that was, was 98. That 99, 98. Yeah, okay. uh, but in two thousand. That was the, the year that oh, Oz dropped yes. the punt. Yes, yes, so yes. So if, if Oz catches that punt, the Rams go down and they win, and then they beat the Giants. They beat yeah. the hell out of the Giants. And what Mike says he would have done, Mike Martz, with uh, Sam Adams and Saragusa in the middle, he was going to go no huddle. And oh. he said, I was going to wear those big hog mollies down. That's what you do. <laughs> yep. And the Rams would have just, uh, they wouldn't have lit that defense up, but they would have beaten them. They would have scored on them because they did the year before in their opener. Uh, the, the, I don't think that, uh, with all due respect to Marvin Lewis and Brian Billick, I don't think that they would have had an answer for all those weapons. No, nah, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. You run those guys sideline to sideline, they, they, they tie you out. That, by the way, look, talk a little inside football here. Brooke, I know that you suffered mightily because of the 99 Rams. Yes. The 2000 Rams was the best offense they had. Mm. Warner was on pace when he got hurt for 6,600 passing yards. And the team was on pace for something like 650 points. They were averaging like 44 points a game. And of all things, damn, Steve Everett, a backup center. Andy McCollum gets hurt. And Steve Blanken Everett. (laughs) Game in Kansas City. You remember this. Steve Everett with a bad snap breaks Kurt's pinky finger. Bad snap. Mm. And knocked. Kurt out and just messed well, it. Basically messed up Kurt's career. Can I ask a really big football nerd question while we're talking sure, about this? Sure, go ahead. Steve Blank. Let's just let, let alternate history. Ed Reed gets drafted in 2000 instead of 2002. Does that change your idea of how the Rams play against that Baltimore Ravens team? Ed Reed was a was a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Of, of, but that defense, that Ravens defense, if I'm not mistaken, they had McAllister. Um, who was the other corner? Samari they, Roll. Samari Roll. They mm-hmm. had they some. Good. They had some guys. Yeah, they were awesome. And I guess they had Woodson back there, didn't they? Darren. Yeah, they had Woodson back there. Uh, Rod, Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know what? I, I I've heard this three one four. Someone says purple represents the color of royalty. <laughs> Tell that to Northwestern. Oh, <laughs> great point. That's a great point. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> we're off and running here on uh, 101 ESPN. Coming up. Yes, we see the color, Rod. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, we're closing in on August 1st, the MLB trade deadline day. Later in the show, we're going to talk to our buddy Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine. Also later in the show, Claves is going to join us from Arizona. We're going to wake him up early in Arizona because nobody in Arizona is getting up wet. It, uh, it's 5-11 in Arizona. Yeah, so what the temperature is out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If, still if you're, scorching. If you're in Arizona and you're either with us on the uh, the YouTube or if you're with us on the uh, on the app, or on the text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-Yo-Ho. What are you oh, doing up at... Da- we both yeah. forgot Wait, the dance. Going oh, sorry. What, uh, 314-399-Yo-Ho. My bad. I was concentrating. <laughs> so, yeah, what are you, what are you doing up at uh, 5, 12 in the morning, and what's the temperature in Arizona right now? Uh, coming up next, though, our latest MLB trade rumors here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Last night, Chase Field, Arizona, Tyler O'Neill coming back for the Cardinals with, at least according to Bob Nightingale, a half dozen scouts in the stands there to see him. Cardinal at every base, the pitch. Swing, drive, hammer toward left. That ball is down and into the corner. Two-run score. Here comes Nooner around third. He's getting waved. O'Neal clears him with a double. So you have to think that the scouts liked what they saw from Tyler O'Neal. I'm mildly surprised, Brooke and Kerry, that that many teams have interest in a guy that missed 63 games with the uh, – I think, well, yeah, I think he had a, a sore back. How, how long did he have that? Uh, Carrie, I think he had about a week back. Okay. <laughs> it is 7-15. Yeah, it is 7-15. No more back injuries. I'm predicting 9-15 right now. I'm predicting 9-15. Is this what we're coming to? We're going to start placing bets on when the back joke's going to be made? I've been waiting for this for two weeks to start putting numbers on it. So, he is available. Now, here's another one that I find interesting. Uh, Derek Gould reports that an own, unknown American League team is considered acquiring Stephen Matz. Mm. If you have Stephen Matz, two years left at $22 million, and you're the Cardinals, don't you move him? Um, I think, well, you got to kind of Based on what decide, you've gotten out of him for the first two years. Yes, but you have to decide what is next season going to look like. Is he part of your starting rotation, even though he hasn't? performed particularly well we've seen flashes of it and he's done pretty well his last couple of outings um is he in your future in the starting rotation what do you have coming back what do you have coming up and if you don't have anything that you trust then you know you can trust him to eat up innings at some point so I think that might be a tougher decision for the Cardinals knowing what's leaving Jack Flaherty Jordan Montgomery you got a lot of guys that are not going to be here next year, and that rotation is going to be thin. And with young players, you might want to have a veteran that you can trust at some point be a, be a fifth starter if need be. I want to start over with the rotation. Just so completely I, I'm on board. It. And if completely, yeah, if they're willing, if the Cardinals would be willing to eat some of the salary, which I think would be great, yeah, if, if I can remove, um, Wayno's gone, I can remove Flaherty, Montgomery, Mats from this equation. So I've got Michaelis back. And then I'm uh, I'm going to have a rookie, whether it's McGreevy or Graceffo or somebody else, that's going to be at the back. And I'm getting a new one, three, and four. I'm and I'm by the way, I'm getting an insurance arm as well. So I'm going to have if if I'm Mo, DeWitt, Gersh, 
I'm having essentially a new starting rotation in 2024, just like I had in 2000 when I won the division. I'd be interested to see which American League team it is and what you would be getting back in return. With Steven Matz is a little bit surprising to me because it seems like they at least would try to play out that contract a little bit more. But then again, if a deal arises, then why not? But when you're talking about starting over with the starting rotation, that's just Miles Michaelis. You feel comfortable moving forward in this group and this front office and getting the guys they need in free agency. I would That's feel my question. comfortable with me doing it. Okay. But they do need to get those guys. And why not? But what about their free agency track record? There, it, it is not that, great. That that's that's the why question. they need to call me. <laughs> but no, you, you just take we it logically. We all have it figured out, right? Yeah. You, you, get, you, you say to yourself, okay, we're getting Aaron Nola. We are not going to be outbid for Aaron Nola. We're going to start there, and there's our number one guy. You have to make that decision, though. Now. As, a, yep. as, a, as, a, as an organization, you have to make the decision that no matter what it costs, we're going to get him. And, yes. and you, have mm-hmm. to under, you have to believe that he's going to be yep. willing to come here. That's the thing. And you need, to, you need to, be able to be able and willing to blow out the budget a little bit to get that guy. That's not typical of the Cardinals. But that's, to me, what they need to do. I know enough about Steven Matz after two years, and I mm-hmm. like him a lot. But I know that if I have Steven Matz in my rotation, I am not going to win the division. I'm not going to be what I need to be if if he's a part of it. Now, last year he wasn't a part of it, and they had to go out and get a couple of replacements. They had to go out and get Quintana and uh, – what else did we get? What, Mon- oh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Mon- Montgomery. They had to, had to replace him last year. And I don't want a guy that every year needs to be replaced. And I, I, again, personally like him. Now, who would be interested? Where did he have success? Toronto. Who does John Mosellock deal with? Toronto, Yankees, Cleveland, what other? There's four, five teams that'll answer the Cardinals' calls, right? Yankees. The Diamondbacks answering the call? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Miami. Uh, Miami will talk to him. Who else do, are the Cardinals really? Who? Do, Tampa. Okay. So yes. Uh, those are the teams. Otherwise, you look around and look for teams that the Cardinals have dealt with. There isn't much there. So I'm thinking Toronto. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting because, in your defense too, say that they do keep him around, and they we're going to go through. Yes, they do keep <laughs> him around, and he goes through what we saw this season, where he's going to have to go into the bullpen a little bit to gain, regain that confidence. Then that seems like a bust in a lot of ways with that contract. So if there is somebody interested, say the Rays or Toronto, as you mentioned, then you might as well do something with that. Because what have we seen time and time again, where maybe even with this Tyler O'Neill situation, great performance from him last night, but it's been a while, right? Everybody's been Mm -hmm, talking mm -hmm. about 2021 with Tyler O'Neill. It's surprising he has that many scouts around. Are they holding on to players who have been injured for too long where you're in this situation where if you don't try to do something with them, then you're going to be looking looking back of, well, we were holding back on that year where they were really, really good. How long did they go down the line with Alex Reyes? And, yes. and I don't blame them. I would have done the same thing. Yes. But sometimes, especially with veteran players under big contracts, it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. I mean, when a player, the thing about injuries is some players are just prone to injury. There is no rhyme or reason for it. There is no, you don't understand why that person person's body breaks down in the manner in which it does over and over and over again and with Tyler O'Neill I think as you said they were waiting for that that version of him that was a top 10 MVP candidate we we know that it's in there but if you're not able to stay healthy and you're not able to do it on a consistent basis then it's difficult to trust that person in your lineup every single day now let me give you another note Ken Rosen
Rosenthal reporting that a guy that I I didn't pine for, but I thought would be of interest, and, the, and Derek Gould reported that the Cardinals would have interest in him. Lance Lynn has the Cardinals on his 10-team no-trade list. Oh, really? Lynn's no-trade teams are the Cardinals, Padres, Dodgers, Giants, Mets, Angels, Mariners, Yankees, Rays, and Jays. Oh. How about that? That's hmm. interesting. Yeah. So... Looks like Lance Lynn, at least when he signed that contract in July of 2021, didn't have much interest in returning to the Lou. So it sounds like he's going to be a future Red, huh? I would say that that's a pretty <laughs> wow. good possibility. Because the Reds have been pursuing a lot. They're in a lot of the same trade rumors that the Cardinals are in because both of them are looking for starting pitching currently. But the the Reds are looking for starting pitching for now, right for a now. stretch run. Yes. We're looking for, we, because we won last night, we're looking for starting <laughs> pitching that we can utilize at the start of 2024. Yes. Ah, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, somebody, uh, people keep bringing up, so say that you let Mats go, does that mean that you're going to go all in maybe a little bit more in Jordan Montgomery, try to pursue him during the offseason? No, I I don't think you can do, well, maybe during the offseason, but I don't know if if you're Montgomery. Say that you rent him out. he's done. And then. I think he is too. I just think he's done. uh, Body language tells me that he, if I'm Jordan Montgomery, I don't feel trusted by this front office. Well, I don't even know if it's it, – maybe it's trusted. Maybe it's the, the, the issue with Wilson Contreras where we mm-hmm. pretty much assume that that's where it came from, those two not seeing eye to eye in terms of pitches and, and what needed to be called when, uh, when and where it needed to be located. It, it just – it doesn't feel like this feels like a place he wants to be going forward. Same thing with Jack Flaherty, moving on from him. My main fear is if you get rid of – the entire starting rotation, mine, except for Miles Michaelis, yeah. he's the only one returning. You truly have no clue what you're going to have next season. If you thought having five or six starters, six starters going into this season was uh, that's a little worrisome. worrisome. Mm-hmm. Having one starter for sure well, is even more worrisome for me. That's why you need to have a plan. And that's why I always go back to 2000, because there was a clear and defined plan for Tony and Walt. They said, okay, we're going to go and get a specific type of pitcher. And Andy Bennis and Daryl Kyle and Pat Hentgen were all horses. They were big, strong innings-eating right-handers. And then you add Rick Ankeel, and the one guy you bring back that year was Garrett Stevenson. So the Cardinals have talented youngsters to put at the back of the rotation, whether it's a Graceffo or a McGreevy. Maybe Libertor will still be around. I don't know. But you need people, and you need to define, and Aaron Nola, he might lead the league in innings pitch this year. You need to define what sort of pitcher you need. And the Cardinals, we saw it last night. You can't get five innings out of your starters. You need yes. to get, with this manager and this approach that the Cardinals have, you need a six or seven inning starter that is paint by numbers, that makes it really easy for the manager, makes it very difficult for the manager to make a mistake with the bullpen. And the best way to do that is by having a really good starting rotation. That was going to be my my next question. If you are unable to get that starter or starters that can eat up innings, you got to help this. You got to fix this bullpen as well. This entire oh, yeah. pitching staff, it's bad. It, it needs to be retooled, hauled over. They, they have to do something. 
it's so frustrating to watch guys go out there and not perform at their best, knowing that they have the ability to do it. We've talked about it all season long. It felt like every time Ali Marmol pushed a button, one one week it was Gallegos, then the next time it was Jordan Hicks, then it was Helsley. It's been Palante. It's been yesterday it was JoJo Romero. It's been Stratton. It's been Verhagen. It's been every person in this bullpen at some point has gone out and just really not taken care of their business and cost the Cardinals a game. And I can't. And by the way, Nola is second in the league in in Major League Baseball in innings pitched after Logan Webb. Here's another thing that they have to define, and they haven't done a great job of it, frankly, but I, I can't determine this. But are the Cardinals getting the most out of their pitchers? Is Dusty Blake maximizing the abilities of these pitchers? We don't know. We know that Jordan Montgomery has terrific stuff and has been up and down. We know that Jordan Hicks has great stuff and started the season really slow, and then he's gotten better as we've gone along. But I, I just could not tell you if they're getting, maybe they are getting the most out of people like Flaherty, out of Genesis Cabrera. I don't know. But that's another thing that they have to figure out is, are the people that they're charging with getting the most out of their investments, getting the most out of their investments? I think that's a fair question. And we use the term rehome because we're not advocating for no, anybody to lose their job all. here. We never would want that to happen. But possibly you relook at the re-home. pitching coach. Yeah. And you rehome <laughs> the pitching coach situation because he was a pitching strategist under Maddox for, what, two years prior to getting this? And then he was at Duke prior as well. And so you, you, can, you can question his resume a little bit. And with the way the pitching staff looks this season, it hasn't been great. And and you could argue, too, with the starting rotation that maybe you could have seen the writing on the wall with this. But the guys have not looked great this season. It's more than Wilson Contreras and all that drama behind the plate. There's a lot more to look into here because it, you could question some of the game planning. You could also question some of the execution of the pitches and all that different kind of stuff. So then you start to look at maybe even this offseason as you're retooling, as you're fixing the starting rotation, that you also look at something that can help maximize that talent in there because they are really, really going to need that moving forward, especially if you're going to bring up a, a Gordon Graceffo mm-hmm. and a Michael McGreevy, then you have to make sure that you're not going to have another Matthew Libertor situation right. where he does fine in the minors, comes up, and then he's not getting the, he's not doing at least what he was doing in the minors. I, I, have, I just have, I mean, it's, it's, all in all, it's a lot of questions that I have. Even last night, I'm watching, I think it was the second inning when, was it Alec Thomas hit the single and, and they scored to tie the game? Mm-hmm. It's two outs. Why in the hell is Nolan Arenado damn near on the on the infield? Like it, it, you got to throw the runner out at first. It yep. doesn't matter. You got to me simple things like that. You you're playing the infield in. I don't think that was Nolan's idea. I think that was something that was told to him. So when you have, it's just every facet of this game for the Cardinals has not been correct at different times. Right. It's been it's been tough. Oh, by the way, we do have a listener in Arizona that's already up and listening. Thank Nancy you. says it's going to be a breezy 116 today in the Valley of the Sun. Stay cool. And she provides us an LOL. Oh, my God. Yeah, so but a breeze and it's a dry heat, so don't worry. So as Chip Carey said last night on the broadcast, you get off the plane and it's like somebody shooting a, a hair dryer into your face. Yes, that is exactly what dry heat feels like. I remember Terrible. the first time I experienced that was in Texas, or no, I can't remember where it was, but I was like, "What is this?" Because I was just used to humidity in oh, for so yeah. long. It's amazing. <laughs> Hottest I've ever been in my life, by the way, was San Antonio. San Antonio oh. is hot. San Antonio hot, hot. is hot. Yeah, it is ridiculously hot. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I agree. And they have a lot of asphalt there, so yeah. just yeah. beware. Go, go to San Antonio for the Final Four or something. Coming up next <laughs> on 101 ESPN, our buddy Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine talking some ball here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. And our friend from Cardinals Magazine, Stan McNeil, joins us quite often here on Tuesday mornings here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Stan. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm uh, dragging a little bit, but uh, I guess it's worth it. I stayed up t- through the through the finish of the game last night. I did too, and so did Brooke. Kerry dozed, but yeah. that's okay. He's yeah. <laughs> <Eighth> inning. That'll <laughs> <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> As we get started here, everybody in St. Louis just loved the Albert Pujols story, and you're chronicling that. The Cardinal Publications Group is chronicling the the Albert Pujols book. Tell us what you got coming up. The Legend of Five Year Book. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be great. This is. Uh, a look at uh, back at Albert's career, focusing on the, the years he was with the Cardinals, of course. And uh, just to start with, going through those year-by-years, year, the guy was just incredible. The numbers he put up season after season. Uh, part of the yearbook, a big part of the yearbook, is we talk to uh, former teammates, opponents, friends, and uh, we just have some great great stories fr- from guys. Uh, let, me, let me tell you one about uh, Albert and uh, – Placido Polanco, you know, they're, they're, they're good buddies and have been pretty much since uh, Albert's first spring training with the Cardinals. Uh, and what uh, Placido was saying was that uh, Albert was uh, in the clubhouse, you know, early in camp. He's a uh, 20, 21-year-old kid in his first big league camp. Doesn't really know how things work. And, but he's already married and has a child at the, at the time. And uh, so C.J. Sherry, the traveling secretary at the time, is telling Albert, no, you have to share a room. You have to share a hotel room because you're on a, a non-roster invitee, you know. And uh, Albert's like, you know, I can't do that. I've got a, I've got a family. And just happenstance, Placido walks by and kind of overhears him and, and really has only met Albert once at that point. And that was in the previous, you know, the previous season. But he's listening to him, and uh, Placido offers Albert uh, a room, you know, a room at, at his condo that he's renting for for the for the spring training. And uh, Albert goes, "You do that for me, you know." And so uh, Placido says, "Sure." Albert uh, and his family 
lived uh, in Placido's uh, condo in spring training, and that Albert ended up buying an apart, renting an apartment near uh, Polanco once the season started in St. Louis, and uh, here they are, 22, 23 years later, uh, still close friends. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that, you know, kind of uh, behind the scenes, just uh, what made Albert kind of tick type things. Stan, we were, of course, everybody was a little excited when the Cardinals had a little bit of a win streak going on, but the Cubs kind of brought everything back into reality that we are heading into more of a seller's mode with the Cardinals going to the trade deadline. How many players do you think that the Cardinals will part with here? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I have no idea. I, I know that, uh, I just know that trading guys isn't as easy as it seems sometimes, you know, especially this year, the situation the Cardinals are in, you know, Mo, when he was talking with the media last week was saying that, you know, he wants, we're not, this is not a rebuild, you know, they want to contend in 2024. So he's looking at guys that prospects that are not too, too young kind of double A and above like that. And, you know, when you start talking about prospects, you start talking about if, you know. So I just uh, think it's going to be difficult. It'd be nice to see some uh, some good young arms move into the system at, at what cost that is. Uh, it, it, it will be it will be costly for sure. But uh, at this point, you know, the way things are going, most said it himself, things aren't working. They've got to got to make some changes. So uh, I would I would think we'll see a handful at least. Stan, you said it's not a rebuild, but it kind of feels like it as it pertains to this pitching staff. How is it possible that the Cardinals go into next season with one starting pitcher that was on this year's rotation? You know, uh, anything's possible. I, I, I still have faith in Steven Mass. I think that he's going to end up, you know, as a solid part of that that rotation. Uh, you know, he's he's looked better this season recently and uh you know he's got a couple of months here to kind of solidify his spot in the rotation so kind of put him in there with uh with miles and beyond that though yeah you're uh <laughs> it's uh it depends on uh if they can bring back uh, say monty or, or jack as, as free agents or uh if matthew libertor you know we He's had a kind of a tough go of it here re- lately, but uh, you know you're not going to give up on him. He's only 23 years old, so there'll be some holes in there. That's for sure. Stan, tell us about the current edition of Cardinals Magazine. Well, we uh, we have our Nolan Gorman issue out, uh, and it's. Uh, Let's see. He got got, hot once he was on the cover of the magazine. He got hot. You know, he's dealing with a little back issue now. But uh, how long do you think he's had that? Uh, about a week back. <laughs> I cannot. Wait, why did you guys do that to Stan? Stan's just no. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. We're glad that you love it because Brooke doesn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know. It's uh, he had that earlier in the season, you know. So uh, it's something that he that he's dealt with. Hopefully, it uh, doesn't keep him down long because he was getting hot again. And uh, you guys do great work. The magazine's always fabulous. Not only the, the content in the magazine, but just the 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 stock of the paper and the quality of the photos. It's fantastic, and we always appreciate it. Stan, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you. 
Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me. You got it. Have a great day. That's Stan McNeil, Cardinals Magazine, here on 101 ESPN. You guys just set him up for that. <laughs> you guys set, set him up for that. That's not even fair. Did you see the text line? <laughs> what? There was so, somebody, the, the texters are just playing into it. Somebody set it up for themselves. And, everything. Just, and don't worry. We, we, we got it. Yeah, oh, he, my gosh. He said it. He I, said it was a back injury. Uh, just, yeah, it's not us. We, we went along with it. We did. <laughs> and he Poor said he loves it. He's just trying to tell us about the magazine and the Cardinals, and you guys just set him right up for that joke. Oh, man. By the good, way, Gorman, with a 945 OPS this month, five homers, 15 RBIs, five doubles, too, so 10 extra base hits in his 69 plate appearances. When he hits the ball... The ball moves, man. Yes. It flies off of his bat. And, Which uh, is why he can't leave this organization. No, not unless you're going to get... 23. You've you got to get something extraordinary. Starting extraordinary. You, you got to get a, a, an ace. A, a young, controllable ace. Yes. I think there's three guys. Three, maybe uh, Sandy Alcantara? Yes, yeah, four would guys. You, in, would, yeah. you, would you... Uh, ironically, I would do Alcantara and Gallon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which which, <laughs> which <laughs> would they? Yeah. Would, you, would they come back? Yeah. Well, it, you got to... Trade Nolan for Nolan's from Arizona too. You know he, he would, would go oh. love to go back there. Yeah, probably. Who were the other two you said? Was it uh, Cease? Dylan Cease? And who was the, is the one last of them? One? Was, it, then, uh, was it was it the Mariners pitcher? No, it wasn't. Gilbert is that who you're Logan, thinking uh, of? Uh, Gilbert. It yeah. was not Logan Gilbert. Even uh, though his name has been brought up, but that seems to have died off a little bit. Yeah. Um, not Giolito. Giolito's a free agent after this year. Yeah, it was. Was it Giolito? No. Uh, no, I think it was from Valdez, but I'm not positive. But anyway, it's hmm. it's teams with with pitchers that they would not give up. Basically, it's the the old who says no game, right? <laughs> because the it's just such a have ridiculous. To say no. Yeah, it, it's it, it's just so ridiculous that yes. Man, Can I throw out one question that we've been getting a lot sure. today? Do you think the unsolved question around Wilson Contreras and who will be behind the cart and the plate for the Cardinals next year will affect the free agent discussions in the, it, it, with pitchers. No, money is what talks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that would be too much of a giant concern for them. Maybe a little bit. And I have seen some people texting that into the text line. I think that is a fair question when you see all the kerfuffle or what mm-hmm. is the other word we use? The kerfuffle. Bru-ha-ha. The brouhaha that we saw with the pitch, <laughs> some of the pitchers in Wilson Contreras this season. And look at how much they've limited his play playing time here recently. Right. Uh-huh. That, it, it does make it interesting. And then they sent Herrera down injury. yesterday. Yes. What, what are we doing sending Herrera down? Uh, that was more of a numbers game is what it looked like. Not saying I agree with it, but it was more of a numbers game because you activated Adam Wainwright, right? And yeah, then yeah, you brought yeah. in Suarez, and you know that Wayno can only go five innings, and so that's why. You're always being logical, Brooke. I know. I'm sorry. I, I ruined so, the fun because I know a lot of people were upset about wait. it. So. so so Herrera was the choice to go down? There, there's somebody else on the roster. Yeah. It's Homemater. <laughs> Taylor Motter. He started for hey, you last hey, night. Hey, he got a hit, right? There you go. Did that happen? I think I saw that because I texted you guys. And I said as, as, with every hit he gets, his hair grows. He his does, hair does look it, it longer. Does look, it does look good. <laughs> Uh, we had, by the way, everybody got a hit last night. We we have a uh, <laughs> basically <laughs> we we have a show text, and I got. Let me see. Hold on. Let me check. So I provided a, a beautiful gif or gif, whatever way you want to call it, mm-hmm. of uh, of Mater, and Matthew is the only one that responded and <laughs> laughed. No, oh, I, I laughed. I, I, I did laugh. You so just laughed. internally, <laughs> internally, okay. Yeah. <laughs> internally, it was just it was so funny. No, the the tomater. Look, 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 look. We we like we like Taylor Motter here. Yes. Uh, there's just some questions. That's it. I mean, just some good questions. for him. He's getting an opportunity to play 
Make the most it, of it. Exactly. That, 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 Let I, that I, hair I'm flow. For the, I'm for the people. Let Especially that the hair people flow. that are struggling to stay on rosters. Yeah. Those are my guys. How old is he? Toe Mater. Toe Mater? Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's see. I think he's in his 30s. Is I'm he not really? Mistaken. Good for him. Just uh, keep 1989. Fighting. So, yes, he's in his 30s. He's 33. Oof. He's 33? Yes, he is. <laughs> And no his hair way. is that long? <laughs> Good for him. Coming up, it's Teal to get your text into the Ear Comfort Service. Sex line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! We've got Take It or Leave It next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you can take it, if you don't, set it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. And Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line for take it or leave at 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! We're still waiting for Carrie to return. Uh, here he comes. He's coming. There he is. I, I wondered if he was getting coffee or something. No, he was going over to Casey. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, all right, kids. Uh, Lionel Messi house hunting in Miami and looking at huge mansions with photos. This is on TMZ.com. Take it or leave it. By the end of this year, by the end of 2023, we will see TMZ photos of Mbappe scoping out homes in Ladue and Town and Country. I'm going to leave in that. In I'm going to leave. You think TMZ is going to come to St. Louis? Yeah, for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the unbelievable no, part is a reporter that. coming from L.A. to St. Louis. That's the unbelievable part yeah, of that story. That is Mbappe, yeah. the most uh, intriguing part of that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that, Randy. Dang it. Dang I, it. I, I saw a number the other day. I don't know. I've seen a lot of numbers. 312 million. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Well, that's yeah. that was the transfer fee. And then it was a set, and then it was a seven hundred million dollars salary. I, yeah, that's that that's so what that's, I saw. That, yeah, so it's, like it's always two four million dollars a month. Yes. <laughs> That's insane. Good luck. Well, it's enterprise money. <laughs> just rent, just rent a few more cars. If it's kids. not ours, you know, time, just per- spend it. I think Leo, his last contract, his last contract with Barcelona or PSG was three hundred grand a week. DiCaprio? <laughs> uh, no, uh, Lionel Messi. No, Lionel oh. Messi. Oh, okay, Lionel Messi. Yeah. Uh, you're hilarious, Randy. Uh. So I was looking at some numbers. I was looking at some numbers earlier today, and and Aaron Rodgers had 3,695 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Take it or leave it, Jordan Love eclipses 4,000 yards this year. Leave it. Leave it. Mm, I don't know, Randy. Okay, well, okay, give me your reasoning, and then I'll base it off of that. Well, I, so I think with, with obviously, Aaron Rodgers started off really slow last year with the younger receivers, the, those guys dropping passes. One thing that you do get when you are a younger quarterback, you get to work with the younger receivers. So I think there's a little bit of familiarity there. I think they're going to be – and Jordan Love has not been a slouch in his opportunities that he's had at the quarterback position for the uh, Green Bay Packers. They run the ball well with those two running backs. Um, 
hand the ball off, throw it to him. I think he's going to have a really good season. And I think he could eclipse 4,000 yards. I don't know. I might have to leave it. I don't know. I, there's so many question marks that I have with the Packers this season. The I receivers? mean, somebody's got to win yeah. the division. Yeah. There's, well, Kirk Cousins is going to win the division. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Oh, My apologies. yes. Yeah. I, I clearly. Uh, I, I, the the receivers are second-year guys, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, who – had some pretty decent moments with Rodgers last year. And then they've got a rookie starting in the slot, Jalen Reed, and a rookie starting at tight end in Luke Musgrave. They need to keep their offensive line healthy. But I think the most important thing you said here is when you have Aaron Rodgers, you have no choice but to throw the ball. From what I understand, Matt LaFleur wants to run the ball. Matt LaFleur wants to do more of what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco with those two backs. And they want to run the ball and not put it up in the air as much. He didn't run it enough for me last year. Aaron Jones needed the ball, needed more touches, in my opinion, last year. Um, But you had to feed Aaron Rodgers. You had to feed that ego. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's going to be intriguing to see how they, him and Dylan in the backfield, uh, Aaron Jones and, and Dylan in the backfield. I, I would love to see them run the ball more, but uh, they just didn't do it enough. Lions or Packers? Ooh, Ooh that one is interesting. I'm going to say Lions. I think With I am a too. A little bit of hesitancy. Yeah. It's a really good thing C.J. Gardner-Johnson's hell was okay. Yeah, it is. I'm that one, I think that would have shifted your answer yeah, a little bit. He didn't tear it up, so yeah. I'll be back here shortly. Take it or leave it. The, I, every once in a while, I'll get on a conspiracy theory, and I'm starting to believe this one a little bit more. Oh, no. Take it or no. leave it. Elon that? Musk is purposely trying to tank Twitter because what in the world is going on? I didn't... Thank you to Matthew Rocchio for bringing this to my attention because I've been half paying attention to the story. I thought that it was more of a joke that he was going to rename Twitter X. I didn't think that was seriously going to happen. <laughs> and then I, I, Matthew pointed out to me today that if you go on the web browser version of Twitter, if you type it on the old Internet, that you'll see that the X is there on Twitter now. Is yeah. it? Yes. I'm, I'm taking it. We're, I haven't seen I, it. I fully believe that he is purposely tanking Twitter. I agree. Because what is the X? Why X? Is he naming after his child? What is his child's <laughs> name again? Yeah, I don't know. It's like a long, it, it's like a math problem is what his child's name sounds Pi? like. No. <laughs> Algebra? Let's see. You're not going to be able to pronounce it. Elon Musk. Okay. Um, Someone, I don't, I don't know what this, I don't know anything. Do you, did you find it? X A E. A X I I, what the? Come on, yeah, you're not going to pronounce it. Who owns? No is he SpaceX? Uh, yes, he is. So there you go. I, it's, he just why likes is Everything X. is X. Why? Z. Be careful. <laughs> also, if you want to dive deeper in this conspiracy, here's the deal. I'll dive deeper here. I think it's because. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to change the logo from something so blue because it looks like Facebook, and he's mad at Zuckerberg because oh Twitter God. was blue with like a white around it, and Facebook has always been white with the blue with the white around it. I think the logo looked too much like Facebook, and he wanted it to be black because he's all like hardcore, and he's like, "I'm gonna fight Zuckerberg in a cage match, and I'll never wear paint." He couldn't. He couldn't just he's turn the bird guys. black and call no, it Twitter. No, he had to yeah. make it X. Let's get to a text line, okay, or two. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Wait, it's the great. over on 200. Take it. 201. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just How many more starts does he have left? Yeah, 11 or 12. Okay, let's take it. 
And he'll give he he's only two seventy six pitches. He'll he'll get to uh, eighty five pitches next next game ninety. Well, no, he's Wayno, so they'll let him throw hundred, but no more than hundred. Take it or leave it. Robot AI umpires are soon to come into the league. Take it twenty five. You know what I you know what I despise is umpires getting so upset about their terrible calls and then wanting to throw managers out. Bro, the call was terrible, except mm-hmm. like it was two, three inches off the plate. Like it wasn't close. And then you call that same pitch a ball, then the next time you call it a strike. I I too would be frustrated. And I just don't understand the sensitivity, the thin skinned mm-hmm of umpires when they are wrong. Like, if you're wrong, just say, don't show me up. No, don't make dumbass calls, mm-hmm. sir. Just do your job. But are you mad that I'm incompetent? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, I yeah. That's it's. It will make. I I will kind of miss sometimes a little bit of the drama because what do the what do you get a manager thrown out for now? Yeah, with replay. That's the balls and strikes are all we I, got, right? I want it. That's some it. of the best moments. Of chaos, right? Of yeah, just the drama. But I'm sure it'll be a little bit more relaxing for the players well, and the and, manager. And actually, there's a nugget on Ken Rosenthal's latest like wrap-up piece on The Athletic where he, he talked to a uh, manager at the AA level, and he's talking about how players, like because they're using it down at the AA level in some games, he's talking about how it's actually helping the young kids because they never have to they never have to worry about if they're getting screwed by the ump. They never have right. to worry about arguing. They're not mad when they come back after like a bad at-bat. They just yeah. have to deal with how they miss, you know, how they their process was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in the long run, it is good. Uh, take it or leave it. Mason Wynn is more untouchable than Jordan Walker. Leave it. Oh, I'm going to leave that. I, I'm, I'm going to leave, leave that as well. Jordan Walker is very, very important. Mesa Wynn is very important. I don't think that that's a tough one, but I think it'd be harder to move and part with Jordan Walker. J-Dub's already done it at the, at the major league level. Yes. I'm excited to see them play. Me too. It's going to be fun. Do it in the yeah. same lineup. Take it or leave it. Hicks can get you a Glaber Torres-like prospect. Ooh. Kind of so that's back on the Yankees comparison yeah. again. And the Yankees got four players, including Glaber Torres. I'm going to leave that because Aroldis Chapman had been the best closer in the game. And they knew when the Cubs got him that he could be the final piece of the puzzle. Kind of got overused in the postseason by Joe Madden, but we understood their thought process. I don't think Jordan Hicks has that sort of history to be thought of as a guy that can be the closer for a world championship team. But I think the Cardinals can get a lot for him if they decide to move him. Yes, I agree. Take it or leave it. Kisner starts opening day catcher. Leave it. Leave it. Leave I don't it. Believe that. Man. Will he not... still be here? So like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, good question. Von Herrera? Opening Von day Herrera? catcher no. for somebody else? No. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to be Wilson Contreras. How much you pay him, Randy? On opening Eighty-seven day? and a half over five to do uh, what? CD, you aren't wrong to, to catch. Do what? Oh, okay. To be your DH. Money talks. Oh no! Utility. I don't know. Money's yeah. not utility talking player. currently. Well, that's the that's the issue right you there. Think <laughs> utility player? I, I told you all how these conversations go. <laughs> Mosellock called and said, "Hey, Mr. Dewitt, we uh, I know you you signed this check for an 87 million dollar catcher, but he's not going to catch for us going forward. We're going to put him at DH, possibly in the outfield." And Mr. Dewitt said, "I hear you, and no." So, here's what happens opening day next year in my dreams. Um, <laughs> at, at the behest of Joe Madden, Mike Mike Borzello uh, does get Wilson Contreras. Fully prepared on the off day before opening day to catch on opening day. Okay. Is that the only day he catches? Yes. Oh my. It's it's going to be very less frequent. I think we are getting a preview of how they're going to handle Wilson mm-hmm. Contreras moving forward. And it is very frustrating that you spend 
odor over $87 million, and he's going to be on your bench. That's somebody who should be an everyday player, but they're just not utilizing him in that way. And maybe they can put in some place, some things in place this offseason. But as of right now, looks like they feel more comfortable with him as their DH or when he's not their DH, then he's on the bench. And then sometimes he's catching. Okay. One last thing. More frustrating that the Cardinals are spending 87.5 million over five on Wilson Contreras. More frustrating for Brooke Grimsley or Bill DeWitt Jr.? (laughs) Bill DeWitt. Bill DeWitt, because I'm not signing those checks. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. (laughs) Coming up next, there were a half a dozen scouts in the stands in Arizona last night. Assuming Tyler O'Neill gets traded, we've got a list of players and one's got to go. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Cardinal at every base, the pitch. Swing, drive, hammer toward left. The ball is down and into the corner. Score. Here comes Nooner around third. He's getting waved. O'Neal clears him with a double. Chip carried the call last night on Valley Sports. It's 8.05. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. In the opening drive, you got Brooks Grimsley. You've Brooke, you not Brooks, uh, Brooke Grimsley. You've got <laughs> Kerry Davis. You've got Randy Carricker. And that's Tyler O'Neill's big hit last night. And there were a half a dozen Major League scouts in the stands to see him. Cardinals didn't have anybody else on the field that they are outwardly looking to trade, although it could happen. But here's my thing, guys. I was thinking about this. Assuming Tyler O'Neill gets traded, you've got this group of outfielders. You've got Jordan Walker, Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond, Alec Burleson, uh, Lars Newtbar, and let's throw Brendan Donovan in there. You're going to trade one other because you have such a glut of outfielders and you want to get some people back and maybe throw one of them in as a package deal. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. One's got to go. And I'm going to pick the guy with the the lowest upside. So while I like the guy a lot and I love the versatility, I like Walker's upside way better than Tommy Edmonds. I like Carlson's upside better than Tommy Edmonds. I like... Alec Burleson for his role as a fourth outfielder better than Tommy Edmond. I like Newt Barr's upside better than Edmond. And I like Donovan's upside as a young player better than Tommy Edmond. If I have one to go, and I never thought that I would say this, but Tommy Edmond would be the guy that I would move in a deal. I think other teams love him. He spent a lot of last season in the top three in war in the National League. And he's a really good player. I'm not saying that I would get rid of him because he's not a good player. But I do think that other guys that the Cardinals have are younger, they have more control, and they have higher upside. So if one's got to go for me after Tyler O'Neill, the other outfielder that I'm moving is Tommy Edmond. It's interesting because you. Do, what do you think about his versatility? Is that not something that you think that the Cardinals would be high on keeping around? I think so. But how many of those guys do you need? Because you've got Carlson, uh, you've got Brendan Donovan, too. How many of those guys, those Swiss Army Knife guys, do you need? Because I'm assuming that Walker is going to play in the outfield and Newt Barr is going to play in the outfield, right? And Mm -hmm. then Arenado, Mason Wynn, 
Goldie, and I need a spot for Nolan Gorman. I think that Tommy Edmond would be very hard to part with because of his versatility, because of his glove and having that around. But to your point that I will give you on this is that it seems like they have completely they're fine with, especially the season with the way that they're moving forward. They're more about what you can do with your bat rather than what you can do defensively. Now, Nolan Arenado will always be Nolan, Mm -hmm. right? Paul Goldschmidt will always be Paul Goldschmidt. But it seems like all the other positions they were completely fine with this season moving away from defensively. And I like, and I know they say Tommy Evans is the best center fielder they have. I like Dylan Carlson's defense. And I think if Dylan Carlson is given reps and is healthy, that he has a, a much greater upside because of his power than Edmund does. I, I, I think I'm in agreement with Brooke because of Tommy Edmonds' versatility not knowing who's going to be catching and who's going to be DHing and where you have to slot people. For me, I think it would be Alec Burleson would be the one that I would would, would move along with uh, Tyler O'Neill. He's left-handed bat. He the only issue, Randy, they are all so young mm-hmm. and and you have to understand what Dylan Carlson is 24. Um yes. Jordan Walker is 21, Alec Burleson is 24, Newt Bar is 25. They are all such so young uh, and, and, and just beginning their careers. That's going to be hard for the um, for the Cardinals if these guys go on and be stars. They have to be I, good it, evaluators. It, it's just, but it's part of the business. At Brendan Donovan, 26, he's a little bit older. Well, and here, but, that's, this is another thing. I feel like I know more about Edmund than any of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think, well, I, I think I know more about so now I'm gonna. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm wavering a little bit because Brendan Donovan may be another one that I would. Th- I, I trust Edmund in center field. I, I loved what I saw in center field. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest arm, but his athletic ability, his ability to play middle infield, play center field. You want yeah. to be strong up the middle. Brendan Donovan is going to bring his bat. He's got five gloves. But when you're a a utility guy, you have value for for a lot of teams. But which means you could possibly be on the on the move as well i could see a lot of teams being enamored with him but my only thing is that i think the likelihood of them moving dylan carlson i think that that's something that is still a pretty high probability so that being the case you have to keep edmund around in my opinion because to me when it comes to tiers of best defensive center fielder it's going to be dylan carlson then tommy edmund and so if they are going to move dylan carlson which i don't want to see him go that I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. I don't want to see him go. It's more of that it just seems like it's panning out in that way. Well, we saw I, all the conversations they had. It seems like they still aren't convinced about him versus righties. And right. maybe that's just they haven't given enough opportunities, different things like that. But I can see them parting ways with Dylan Carlson, especially it's going to be dependent on what's available and what they can get in return. Right. And by the way, this is a blatant ripoff of BK and Ferrario's show, One's Gotta Go. And that's the game. One's Gotta Go. So we, we have to, because we do, we like them all. And even Alec Burleson, who I never thought that I would say, okay, man, he's got a chance. Second half, he's hitting 385 with a 962 on base. In the month of July, hitting 326 with an 824 OPS. Uh, he's got three doubles, a homer. In uh, 50 plate appearances, he's uh, he's slugging 457 and has, it seems like, just the way he's put together, seems like he would have the ability to give you even more. One, Whoever you trade, I think they have a chance to become a star. I think the guy that has the lowest chance to come back and really haunt you as a big-time offensive player is would Tommy Edmund. Edmund. 
I could see that. that I think if you're talking is, about offensively. Yeah. Yes. Offensively, yes. Yeah. If yeah. I could if I personally could pick, then it would be Burleson. I'd be fine with moving on with him, but I think he's doing his part as a fourth outfielder where you feel like you feel just fine with plugging him in every once in a while. But that's a tough list because I'm sure we'll get some text in where it says, well, why is why is Newt Bar the untouchable one? I've seen that all over mm-hmm. social media. Why is Newt Bar the untouchable one? They see, it seems like, from the reports from Derek Gould, Katie Wu, and many others who cover this team day in, day out, that they see Lars Newt Bar as a part of that 2024 one of the pieces when they're looking at building around this team. Newt Bar is an analytics darling. Oh, the analytics God. people in baseball love him. Yes. So and you even saw why. his plate discipline on display yeah, last night. big time. Which one of these guys is going to be a starter if they go to another organization? Now, I, the other ones, okay. is Brendan Donovan going to start? Depends on the team. But the, Probably the, not. The, the one guy... Who is among the people that we've discussed as possibilities? Carlson. Carlson is going to start. Walker is going to start. Newbar is going to start. Yes. So those are the ones, and probably yep. Tommy Edmond. Yep. Dependent. Yep. So those are the ones that, if you're worried about trading and and watching them have great success, it's based on how many opportunities they get. If they're starting every day, they're going to get way more opportunities. Burleson and 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 Brendan Donovan probably wouldn't be starters which means they're not going to get as many opportunities, which means it's probably not going to hurt as bad. Because you just don't have to see him yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. And and you're 100% right about a guy like Edmund. Just think about it from this perspective, okay? If you're the Dodgers and you have Tommy Edmund on your team, he starts at shortstop ahead of Miguel Rojas, uh, and he probably starts, well, I don't know if he would start ahead of James Altman, but he, he might start ahead of Peralta in that outfield. So there's a chance that uh, Edmund, if you would trade him to L.A., would be a huge part of it. I know, I guarantee you, that if Tommy Edmund were with the Giants, he would start at the most important position that they have right now, whether it's short or second. Mm -hmm. And if he went to the Yankees, he would be starting at multiple positions. He wouldn't be starting ahead of Bader in center field, but he'd be starting on the middle infield somewhere. So Tommy Edmund, wherever he goes, he's going to start every single day. Yes. That'd be a huge loss. If, if it would be a huge but that's, loss. But here's, here's the thing is this is a position that they put themselves in this season where you're going to have to deal with some of those painful trades. And you better get good stuff back. That's the bottom line. If you're the Cardinals, yes. you're going to make trades that hurt. You better get good stuff back. Next up, should the Cardinals concentrate on getting young players like Yvonne Herrera more playing time, even if it's at the expense of winning? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I mean, I don't look at that stuff anymore. I mean, we're so far behind right now, but we got to go out and compete. Still got to set, like I said, set the example, find a ways, find some motivation. However you got to do it, you got to do it and uh, go out and compete best you can. That's Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado, who wants to compete, but also says he wants to set an example. And we're getting close to that point where the Cardinals are going to make deals and they're going to be trading away veteran players that are going to substantially reduce the Cardinals' opportunity to win. With that being the case, guys, I look at this as a great opportunity for the Cardinals to evaluate a young player, specifically Mason Wynn, get Herrera into the lineup on a regular basis. And if you're the Cardinals... Spend August and September, like, 
Nolan said, we're already so far out of it. We're so far behind. It doesn't matter now. Get experience and evaluation for people like Yvonne Herrera and Mason Wynn, even if it means you're going to win fewer games. That's where I stand right now. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the youngest teams in the in the major leagues. And they, who is it, fourth youngest team? Second youngest in the National League, and yeah. Fourth in the majors, yeah. I believe. So it, it, they are extremely young. You got guys that are still learning how to be professionals, and that's a huge part to having success. If I'm Nolan Arenado, if I'm Paul Goldschmidt, I'm, I'm probably a little bit frustrated knowing that we want to win now. We're on the he, – Paul Goldschmidt is on the back nine, right? He, he's on the tail end of it. At, at some point, we're going to come to – it's going to be the end of it. So I want to win. I want to have guys around me that know how to win, how to finish games, and – the only way you can gain that is through experience. It's just going to be a rough finish to the season. It's been a rough season throughout, but it's going to be a rough finish to the season if you allow those young players to just bump their head and learn how to play the game the right way. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. At this point, you might as well see what you have because you need to see what Mason Wynn looks like. Get him some major league experience. And then for the pitchers, we talk about the group being young, which they are. And Nolan Arenado has mentioned that as well, that this is a young group offensively. Yes. But pitching wise, not really. I mean, these are, there's a lot of guys with experience, especially in the starting rotation. And you're going to move on from Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery are going to be gone by the trade deadline. So you need to bring up Michael McGreevy and even possibly Gordon Graceffo to see what they look like so that you know that you have more clarification heading into the free agency so that you don't make another strategic mistake when it comes to evaluating your pitching during the offseason. And I don't know if Paul Goldschmidt at this stage of his career feels differently, but I remember being sitting with him at a baseball writer's dinner a few years ago, and I think it was Flaherty and Edmund that were co-rookies of the year for the Cardinals. And... I said, isn't it amazing how, it might have been his first year here. I said, isn't it amazing how the Cardinals always bring up young players? And he said, that's why I'm here, Mm. because they always bring up young players. And Mm -hmm. I know that we're going to have a chance to be good because they're always reinforcing what we have with young players. Now, I don't know if he wants to have this much inexperience (laughs) next year, but it might be what he has. Some of the the onus is on the veteran players, too, though. They have to be what what Albert Pujols did last year. We, We talk about on the field how exciting that was. For me, the most important thing that he did was off the field. On the bench, in the dugout, you could see having conversations with Lars Newbar, having those conversations with guys, and really explaining Juan Yepes, showing them mm-hmm. the aspects of the game. Those are things you can't get from from your your hitting coach. You can't get from a, a, a tutorial online. That is real live experience from one of the best players to have ever played the game. If the Cardinals want to have success, Nolan Arenado is going to have to do that. Paul Goldschmidt is going to have to do that. They're going to have to take some of these younger players under their wings and have conversations with them. And I, I don't know if that's what they're doing or not, but we we were able to see it last season in the dugout with Albert Pujols, which makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. It gives players confidence. The only thing that, that helps you succeed in this league, in any league, to be a professional athlete is how much confidence you have, how much belief. You already have the talent. If you believe you can do it, then you are going to ma- you're going to have that success. And you lead into what I was going to say because we're talking about giving up wins. Well, do you have a better chance of winning? And, and Paul DeYoung won't be here, but it, it, here's the question. Better chance of winning in August and September with Mason Wynn playing shortstop or Paul DeYoung playing shortstop? Probably even, right? 
I would assume so. Yeah, so There's going to be a learning curve yeah, a little bit with Lynn, of course. Yeah, Stephen Matz or Michael McGreevy, Yvonne Herrera or Wilson Contreras. Do they really give you any less chance of winning at this point? No. I'm, I'm not no. sure that they do. So I'm really on board with those young players getting reps, getting familiarity at the major league level, and being more ready for 2024 than they would be if they didn't get any time at all with the Cardinals this year. Well, and you already had your Pobo go out to the media and say that this is how they're approaching the trade deadline, right? They're looking ahead to 2024. Of course, your players, as you mentioned, CD, are going to be like, well, I'm trying to win now, but they realize the situation. They can pretend like they don't look at the standings. They know where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. And if you are looking ahead to 2024, then you might as well bring up some of these young players and see where they're at. Yvonne Herrera, the strides that he has made this season really makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with this whole catching situation. And when I say that, it's not that I'm saying that I'm happy with what's going on. I'm saying, obviously, they don't feel comfortable with putting Wilson Contreras out there every single day. Having Yvonne Herrera to make those strides this season makes you feel comfortable with the future of the catching position moving forward. I, I hope that they get him more ingrained as their catcher down the stretch. One other guy that uh, I, I have questions about, and this is based on the last segment we had with all of the, the outfield talent that the Cardinals have. One of your guys, Brooke, mm-hmm. what do you do with Moises Gomez? That's a good question. I mean, do you, do you trade him at the deadline? I mean, does he have a chance here? He's the one guy that they haven't brought up and given an opportunity to. Even if you bring him up, and I don't know where you would fit him in on the roster, let alone in That's the lineup. That's the question, because he's an outfielder. Right. I don't know if the Cardinals have a spot for him. And he's having another pretty good year. Uh, he uh, Let me get you what he's got this year. Uh, Moises Gomez. Oh, I got the wrong Moises Gomez. But uh, anyway, I, I just he's having another good year. And I wonder if it might be smart for the Cardinals just to try to move him at this deadline, too. Yeah, right now, 229 average, 764 OPS. Okay. He does have 22 home runs. Yeah, yeah 22 home runs. That's definitely a big bright spot. Yep. That's interesting. I mean, if you don't, the thing is, is if you haven't brought him up, even when they were having all that whole outfield situation with injuries, then I don't know when they would be bringing right, him up. Right. So why not move him? Why? Because yeah. you've got other outfielders in the system, and at some point, he's not going to be as valuable as he is right now. And he's only 24 years old. So that's another one that I would, if I were in their shoes, I would look at moving and find out what kind of value he has. And maybe he's just value added when you put together a package to try to get your starter. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN coming up. We've got a, a guy that won yesterday, right? What's his name? Oh, Joe's yeah. returning for round Joe? two. Joe? You don't remember his name? No. Nameless faces, Brooke. <laughs> just, just another another person. I'm always amazed, by the way, when I watch documentaries about serial killers, that they do remember their victims' names. <laughs> Are you comparing yourself? <laughs> the bludgeon That's is next interesting. on the opening drive. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. 
And our fighter today is Joe. Joe, good to talk to you again. How's it going? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing wonderful. You got a win yesterday against Randy Carrick. Are you ready to make it two in a row? Um, do my very best. Let's try it. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to sweetness, Walter Payton. Payton was the first player ever to achieve the touchdown triple crown, a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in the same game. Well, the only only two other players have done it, LaDainian Tomlinson and which wide receiver? Is it Antoine Randall-L, Matt Jones, or David Patton? Randall-L. Harrison Bader made his Cardinals debut on this day in 2017. Despite pulling out because of injury, which World Baseball Classic team was Bader committed to play against this past or play this play for this past spring? Excuse me, England, Italy, or Israel? Uh, give me the options one more time. Sorry. England, Italy, or Israel? I'll just go England. There are only two Padre players to lead the National League in home runs, Fred McGriff and who else? Is it Dave Winfield, Adrian Gonzalez, or Fernando Tatis Jr.? Um, I'll go Gonzalez. Across his entire terrible run as the owner of the Washington wow. franchise, Dan Snyder's team for <laughs> teams produced one I added a word. Teams produced one non-special team's first team. All pro in 25 years. Who was it? Brandon Scherf, Derek Dockery, or Trent Williams? Um, Scherf. All right, we will double check the score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Joe, how you feeling? Um, I'm a little better than yesterday, but I ended up winning yesterday, so I don't know how. That's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, not as great. A little bit better today. Yesterday, you won, and you don't know if that's going to mean you're going to win again today. Yeah, I don't know. I was guessing yesterday, and yeah, we'll see. All right. Yes. Say hello to Joe again, Randy. Joe, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for playing. It's great to have you with us on the show. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Happy birthday to Sweetness, one of my favorite players, Walter Payton. He was awesome. He was the first player to ever achieve the touchdown triple crown, a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in the same game. Only two other players have done it, LaDainian Tomlinson and which wide receiver? Passing, rushing, and receiving in the same game? Yep. Wow, I'm surprised that Terry Metcalf never did that. It was a wide receiver that did it, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Passing... Rushing, receiving. The easy play here would be Jerry Rice. But I'm thinking it was probably not him. Um, so I will, um, well, let me, I'll, I'll do the lifeline here, sir. Antoine Randall, Matt Jones, David Patton. I'm going to go with Antoine Randall L. Okay, that's a great call. Former quarterback. uh, Might have even done it in a Super Bowl. I don't know, but I'll do it. I'll say it was Antoine Randall L. All right. Harrison Bader made his Cardinals debut on this day in 2017. Despite pulling out because of injury, which World Baseball Classic team was Bader committed to play for this past spring? This past spring. Harrison Bader. Um... Who was it? Um, 
I know it was one of two. It was either, um, it was either the Netherlands or um, Israel. I think I think it's Israel. They they missed out. You know, on the World Baseball Classic before they had the mench on the bench. You know, the elf on the shelf, <laughs> and they they had the mench on the bench that was very cool. Um, Best mascot. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It, it was great. Uh, so I will go with uh, I will go with Israel for Harrison Bader. There are only two Padre players to lead the National League in home runs: Fred McGriff and who else? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I already used Lifeline. So I know Nate Colbert had a ton of home runs for them. St. Louis and uh, Crime Dog. You know, I'll go Gary Sheffield. Gary, uh, because I was actually looking at him yesterday. He almost won the Triple Crown for them. I don't know if he did, wound up leading the league in home runs. But I'll, I'll go. The, I'll play Gary Sheffield. Yeah, sure. Across his entire terrible run as owner of the Washington mm. franchise, Dan Snyder's team produced one non-special team's first team All-Pro in 25 years. Who was it? First team All-Pro for the Washington football team. Between the time he bought it in 99. Uh, I'm going to... Okay, I, there's only two guys that I think even have a chance here. And I don't think Chase Young did it. Maybe I'm wrong here. But I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go with Sean Taylor. He's over there studying. <laughs> All right. Which makes me thought. nervous. Again. Ladies and gentlemen. Actually. <laughs> We have a tiebreaker in today's oh. fight. So we've gone through a lot of these lately, so we'll go back to it. And Joe, you were in one yesterday, so I suggest you sh- you, you know the rules, but we will uh, read out the question. We'll give Randy a chance to write down his answer. We will then get your answer audibly. We will then show what Randy Carricker wrote down. Whoever is close to the pin is the winner of today's fight. Joe, do you understand those rules? Yep. Randy, do you have a paper, pen and paper ready? I do. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Walter Payton owns the record for the most passing touchdowns by a non-quarterback in a career post-merger. How many touchdowns did Sweetness throw in his career? Walter Payton owns the record for the most passing touchdowns for a non-QB in a career post-merger. How many TDs did Sweetness throw? Randy Carricker, I heard the pen on the paper. All right. And I have a number from Randy Carricker. Joe, what is your guess? I'll say 12. All right, quick little bit of math. Tells me that we have a winner in today's fight. Does Joe roll on to a Hall of Fame opportunity? Or does Megamind, who's been getting tripped up in these tiebreakers as of late, come through with a win on a Tuesday? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight. Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Oh. Oh, just, just one? There's just one. I, I lost. <laughs> broke. 
<laughs> Why did it fade away? Well, well, Randy, really quickly, do us a favor. Throw throw up that notepad in front of the camera. Joe's guess for the touchdowns thrown by Walter Payton was 12. Randy's guess was 10. The answer is 8. Walter Payton threw 8 touchdowns. That is the most by a non-QB post-merger in NFL history. Joe, so Randy just edged you out in today's fight. I was going to say 8, and I bumped it up to 12. Dang it. Yeah, it's always go with the gut, and let's go through these uh, questions, by the way. You both tied with a one. Happy birthday to Sweetness, Walter Payton. Payton was the first player to ever achieve the TD Triple Crown. Only two other players have done it, LaDainian Tomlinson and which wide receiver? David Patton did it for the um, New England Patriots in 2001. Uh, He had two receiving touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and a throwing touchdown. A little fact there, Antoine Randall never had a rushing touchdown, despite all the trick plays uh, in in the bag there. Harrison Bader made his car. Oh, yeah, one other thing on number one. One other run back has done it since LaDainian Tomlinson. McCaffrey did it last year. That, that slipped past me, but obviously the question was about a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bader made his Cardinals debut on this day in 2017. Despite pulling out because of injury, he was committed to play for Team Israel in this past WBC. The only two Padres to lead the National League's in home runs are Fred McGriff and Fernando Tatis Jr. with 42 back in 2021. And across his entire run as owner of the Washington franchise, Brandon Scherf was the only oh, first man. team All-Pro for Dan Snyder's teams in 25 season so a 1-1 tie takes us to the tiebreaker and randy wins it there so joe thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show the last two days thank you guys take care thank you joe good to have you with us on 101 espn that's terrible that's putrid one all pro yeah in 20 plus years non-special team i think the lowest i think the lowest franchise next to him is is like four that's in that in that in that span of years it's unbelievable and it's yeah, it's Sheriff like two years ago too. So the first twenty first twenty years, they didn't have a single one. Mm-hmm. Brutal, absolutely insane. Randy, is this three sixty machine okay? Broke? I just can't. Oh, there, there it is. You keep pressing buttons. That was the saddest air horn that I think I've ever. Had. Just win, baby. That's exactly. It just faded away into the abyss. Yeah, it just did. It just disappeared. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got our bird watch, and it's not bird droppings today. It's a bird watch because the Cardinals did come away with a bit win in Arizona last night. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. going on with the red birds it is time for the bird watch Brooke. there's a little bird calling you oh, oh there it is hello little birdie i just wanted for my bird watch to recap some of the moves that were made yesterday because i did see a lot of people on social media very confused and rightfully so when you see that herrera is sent back down you're like whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute he's doing all the right things and ollie marmal even mentioned that yesterday in the pregame it was more of a numbers issue so the series of moves yesterday was adam wainwright was activated andrew suarez was selected yvonne herrera and zach thompson thompson is a little interesting for option ryan helsley moved to the 60 day which Helsley is interesting because he's a name that we have seen in some possible trade rumors, the 60-day IL. That indicates to me that that's a player who's likely not on the move, possibly. I would agree with that. When did they put him? Do you know right off the... Is when he, they put him on the injured list? Yeah, I don't... Sorry to put you on the spot there. I'll see if I can find it. Um, 
I, I cannot remember. He's been out for a while now, but moving him to 60 day, he'll be out until like middle of August. Yeah, moves him past August 1st. That's the bottom line. And the thing with Herrera is he has done all, all the right things. And we were talking about earlier, he has made significant strides this season where you really feel comfortable about him continuing to grow, grow in that role. And it wasn't about that with him. It was more of Adam Wainwright coming back. We knew that the pitch count was going to be low. He actually surpassed his prescribed pitch count for last mm-hmm. night. He was only supposed to go, what was it, like 60, 665 yeah. pitches, and he definitely went over that. I did like the decision of keeping him in that moment. Um, so that was the whole reason why, because they just needed a little bit more pitching to help. So that's why you saw Yvonne Herrera sit down yesterday. Yeah, so well, there's a lot of guys that don't do anything wrong that are not catching for the Cardinals anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nothing that he's done. It's not his fault. Or maybe it is. Who knows? So, uh, June 12th was the day that Helsley was placed on the I.L., by the way. A while ago. So July. Yeah. So, Been a while. Yeah. So he'll be here. Uh, my bird watch is going to be the relievers. We saw last night the, the collapse of Stratton and, and JoJo Romero with Adam Wainwright's 199th win on the line. And so I did some numbers. The last seven days, they have gone 23 innings, the relievers have. They have allowed 11 runs and 27 hits. It's not what you want for guys coming in, probably with runners on base or crucial situations where your pitcher was unable to get out of an inning or, you know, did a great job but was unable to finish the game, obviously. How many complete games do we have in this year? None? Do we have a complete Uh, game this year? I don't. We don't have one, do we? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Um, either way, how, can you find out how many games we've gone to the eighth inning? I, I pitch starting pitchers. The the relievers. We've talked a lot about the starting rotation and how much better they need to be, and it's because the relievers also need to be better. If you're going to rely on guys to get you out of innings, get you out of games cleanly, they have to not allow as many hits. They have to not allow as many runs and. That is un- it's unfortunate because as a starting pitcher, you can only do what you can do. You can control what you control. And when you're out of the game, you have to trust your teammates to, to pick you up and make sure that they deliver on what you have on the line. And yesterday that didn't happen for Adam Wainwright. The Cardinals got the win. Adam Wainwright didn't. And it's basically because the starting rotation is not giving you enough innings mm-hmm. and the relievers aren't having enough success. They are not pitching well enough for you to win enough games either. And uh, along with the number of blown saves, I think we're at 19 for those. Yeah, the bullpen has been bad. But to your point with the starting pitching, too, I would like to see them get deeper into games. But I think that the emphasis needs to be on the quality of the starts. That's what we've really been missing a lot this season, especially on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, whenever you have to give the bullpen more than nine outs to get, you're causing problems for everybody. And yes. as great as Adam pitched and coming off the injury, he was fine. But one of the things that the Cardinals need to get when I talk about rebuilding the starting rotation is a group of guys that can consistently give you six innings and not stress the bullpen as much as this group has because of the inefficiency of Flaherty, because of the fact that they just won't let Montgomery go. And maybe it's a philosophical issue that they need to deal with as well. Because you can tell that Jordan Montgomery wants to stay in there and they don't let him. Yes. And they've let Flaherty a couple of times, but you you have way too many starts that are less than six innings for any bullpen to be able to withstand it, especially when you can't use the Memphis shuttle and bring in new relievers all the time. Yeah, and with Suarez, and that was the whole reason they sent down Zach Thompson, right? Because they used mm-hmm. him two days in a row. You need After a fresh arm. After not using arm. for three weeks. Yes. <laughs> yes, and then you need a fresher arm, apparently, mm-hmm. to bring up. But 
it, that's something that I wish that I would see more because you look at that situation with Adam Wainwright last night. He could have pulled him, right? He could have said, no, we said 60, so mm-hmm. pitches, we're going to pull him because we got to stick to the script. But instead, he didn't do that. It was more of the feel of the moment. And you wish that you would have seen that a little bit more this season. Absolutely. Do you know how far we've come in the game of baseball? How far, CD? <laughs> the leading team right now with complete games is the Texas Rangers with three. Hmm. 1987. It's a good year, right? Who's their good pitching year. coach? The Boston Red Sox led the league with 47 <laughs> complete games. Mike Maddox is their pitching coach. They're, who's their pitching coach? Mike Maddox, former Wait, Cardinal pitching coach. They, oh. they, they have three. 47. It was 47. I mean, it, obviously, crazy. it's still some time left, but I don't think the Texas Rangers are going to uh, they're gonna get there. <laughs> no. And they've done that without DeGrom either, which is incredible. Well... In 1985, didn't uh, Tudor had how many did John Tudor have that year? 1985, did he have seven or eight? Ten CGs, I think. Uh, It's by himself. Why why have we gone so far? Agents, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. They don't want their pitchers. They don't want horses anymore. They don't want their guys throwing 250 innings, 300 innings. I can blame analytics too because analytics. They don't want pitchers throwing over 100 pitches. They don't want pitchers going because they, they just don't think that pitchers can go a third time through the lineup, even though they still in have 1987, Tommy John surgery, though. They, they still do. get yeah. hurt. It's just crazy. I don't yeah. get it. Intriguing. Yeah. Well, and by the way, when Nolan Ryan, and this was 2011, when Nolan Ryan was in charge of the Texas Rangers, he tried to set up their minor league system. So the guys threw a bunch of pitches like he did. Mm-hmm. And agents were crazy. They just went crazy and started calling and saying, you can't throw my guy that many pitches. So hopefully the guy we got from Stanford, uh, the Cardinals drafted, they'll throw him 150 pitches a game. I have the numbers right now. Uh, so 101 starts right now, CD. The Cardinals have gone past uh, six innings 27 times. The starter, by the way. Six mm-hmm. innings 27 times, seven innings eight times, and eight innings one time. Miles, oh my Miles Michaelis. So 101 starts. They've gone past. So Miles. The, they've gone. They've made it to the sixth inning or further less than half of the starts. But where mm-hmm. does that stand in the league? Because it's a that trend that you're seeing. <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm saying, like, in the league in general, you're starting to see that teams are going more and more away from that anyway. If right. you are going to, let's say, not allow your starter to see the lineup the third mm-hmm. time, wouldn't it behoove you to have a great bullpen? Yeah, it would. I, I, that matters. I, I mean, I'm not. And a, fresh, I, a reasonably fresh bullpen. I'm not the, 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 the brightest crayon in the box, but I think that if you were going to allow your starting pitchers to only pitch to the, to the, to the sixth inning, you, you might need a group of guys, a good group of guys that can go finish the should deal. Be easy. Yeah. Should be easy. You should be able CD, to put... Can say, I'm, I'm available if yeah. anyone wants any... For uh, advice. We're all oh, available, man. really. Yeah. But CD, to me, you're like the neon crown box. Okay. You're bright to me. Crown. What, what, what is that word? Crown. Crayon. Crown. Crayon. Crayon. I'm going to do the, the St. Louis version. Oh, we gotta, we're going to start that up again, aren't we? Yeah. No. Remember a few years ago when the Royals... 2015 when the Royals won the World Series and... They, they had a, a manager, kind of managed the games, named Ned Yost, and they had this bullpen, HDH. It was Herrera, Davis, and Holland. They had the lead after six. Herrera pitched the seventh. Davis pitched the eighth. Holland pitched the ninth. Bing, bang, boom, you had a victory, and you won the World Series. That hmm. just doesn't exist anymore. By the way, one more little birdie thing. Uh, do we still have There it is. Uh, CD, I know you were asleep. But, Brooke, I know you saw it. Matthew, I know you saw it. (laughs) Tyler O'Neill last night, bases clearing double in the ninth inning to expand the lead from 7-6 to 10-6. That bases clearing double by Tyler O'Neill 
who, by the way, in the second half of the season, or since he returned, is hitting to an 850 clip of OPS, and he's now got uh, a couple of extra base hits, and uh, he's slugging 400 on base 450. Keep Tyler O'Neill. Oh, Randy. You're not being serious. No, I know I'm not. you're not. I, am not. I know you're not being I am, serious not, no. Trade right now. Him today. Hey, I was I was excited for Bob Nightingale's report that there was like what half a dozen scouts. Yeah. they're actually looking yep. at Tyler O'Neill. That's encouraging. <laughs> and by the way, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but if you're Ali Marmal, don't you tell him don't run too hard. <laughs> now you tell him. Yep. You yep. know how you ran first week of the season. I need that guy. Exactly. <laughs> what a, what a fun conversation going that would be. The third base, they're going home. Just give me enough to know yeah. you're trying. Yeah. There's your bird watch on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our rush hour reset. A thrilling Cardinal victory. They are relentless. You'll hear it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It's time for the Rush Hour Reset at 9.04. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. The Cardinals were actually down heading into the ninth inning last night by a score of 6-5. to five. Evan Longoria had doubled home a run in the seventh to give the Arizona Diamondbacks the lead. The Cardinals have blown a 5-2 advantage, have blown Adam Wainwright's win, and we thought, okay, they aren't going to win. Kerry even went to sleep. I did. And he didn't get a chance <laughs> to hear this. Well, how fitting would it be for him to come back to the desert and at least get this game tied? Line left field base hit. One run scores. Here comes Contreras. He'll stop at third. Goldie comes through with a game tying hit. It's 6 6. What an at bat. Contreras to third, Donovan to second, DeYoung to uh, the plate, and the Cardinals had a couple of runners aboard. And Lars Newtbar, after. Uh, great job by Wilson Contreras to get on base. Lars Newbar got him home. The 3-2 pitch. Runners go. Ball four. Cardinals have the lead. Newt. How about that offense? Yes, yes. Plate discipline on display by Lars Newbar. The nutty neuters of Newt Nation. We were very excited last night. We rejoice, and also we said, get neutered. (laughs) Get neutered. You just got neutered. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Just snorting. No? (laughs) No, I don't think I've ever ever heard you snort. That is is a win in my book. We got to find a better catchphrase. (laughs) You don't like get neutered? Oh, Uh, man. No? Oh. No. What about get neutered? That's what I said. But I also then neutered. added the neuter. Yeah, I don't like too. that one. No. Oh, Newt okay. is better. So Donnie Nutty Baseball Nutty. reaches to join Newt and Goldie aboard. And the Nutty Neuters <laughs> went crazy again because of Bro Neal. Cardinal at every base, the pitch. Swing, drive, hammer toward left. That ball is down and into the corner. Two-run score. Here comes Newt around third. He's getting waved. Oh, Neal clears him with a double. And that gave the Cardinals the 10-6 advantage. Jordan Hicks came on with a 27-pitch ninth inning. 
didn't even get a save because it wasn't a save situation. But uh, he came on and saved it for winner Giovanni Gallegos, who allowed two hits in his inning and a third of work. And the Cardinals win at 10-6. They snap a losing streak, and they remain within 11 of the lead in the National League Central. Just 11. I just want people to <laughs> to remember mm-hmm. when they trade away these pieces, when they trade away Jordan Hicks, when Montgomery and Flaherty go, when Tyler O'Neill goes, when Paul DeYoung and, and whatever, if there is a surprise, just know that there's a potential for them to be really good in their next place. Agreed. At their next stop. That does not, do not remember, just remember that you did not think that they were doing well enough here at times and you wanted them to be moved to St. Louis do not get frustrated. Why can't we develop anyone? Why can't we get it? To- it's sometimes a new. Sometimes a new place gives people new energy, and so mm-hmm. these players are going to go. And well, that's important too. These people are going to go and have success. Some are going to do well. Some are going to do better. Some are going to do worse. But don't just don't lose it when they do really well. Talking about Jordan Hicks here. And Jeff Passan writes in a piece at ESPN.com this morning, 11 games back in the NL Central, the Cardinals are telling teams that they plan to move. Left-hander Jordan Montgomery, right-hander Jack Flaherty, shortstop Paul DeYoung, and perhaps right-handed reliever Jordan Hicks with near-major league-ready pitching their target. Whether they deal from their surplus of outfielders remains an open question for a market that includes the Yankees, Astros, and Marlins, with Seattle and Minnesota also in tire kicking mode. For now, the teams are asking fillet prices for what the industry regards more as Chuck talent. The deadline and the ticking clock that accompanies it typically helps the parties find a happy medium. It just takes time, and with 20 teams either occupying a playoff spot or within five and a half games of one, that time looks likely to stretch into the weekend, the trade deadline weekend. And that's the tough thing about pitching, right, is that you never know what you're going to get and just how fickle it can be when it comes to injuries and how things are going to pan out with them. But that's just the situation that you're in currently right now. I do think it's really interesting. We keep getting texts in asking if this whole Wilson Contreras catcher situation is going to affect free agency and pitchers who are possibly looking at St. Louis as a landing spot. Do you think that that is an actual issue for the Cardinals? Not if you're getting paid thirty million dollars a year. I think the money. Will, I, 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 I think the money will be the primary the thing here. But for people that are trying to win, and they know what's happened here. I would think that there's probably some fractured trust on the part of major league players. Carrie, you always talk about it. How players talk to each other, yeah. they know. And not just the Contreras situation that people know about, but the the whole kerfuffle with him getting benched, the whole Tyler O'Neill thing early in the season, which was front and center nationally, the whole mm-hmm. situation with Zach Thompson. Players know about Zach Thompson being jerked around by the Cardinals. I would think, that, and Jordan Montgomery's clear frustration with being taken out on a regular basis. You're a starting pitcher. You look at the Cardinals, you say... I don't want to be stuck like he was, only throwing 99 pitches and not having a chance to protect my own lead. So I would think that the Cardinals will need to do some repairing of a reputation to get people to come to St. Louis for less than market value. They would have to, right? Yeah, what the Cardinals need is, is a player or players that say, I don't give a damn about your analytics, go away. And there is a time and place for everything, and there is a time and place for that. As a starting pitcher... If the manager or the or the pitching coach comes out and says, hey, you know, you're getting close. Get the hell out of my face, sir. Go mm-hmm. back to where you were. Let me do what I do. You do what you do. You need a few players like that on your roster. And when you don't have, again, 
it's cool. Everybody is nice and everybody gets along, but you need a couple of people that will tell the coaches, the organization, hey, this is what we're going to do right here, right now. Trust me. Trust my leadership on the field because the players on the field are the ones that have to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the manager can put you in the right place. The organization can hire the right people to be on that field. But at the end of the day, when I'm on the field, I am in control of what's taking place. And so you have to trust the players to do that. But you also have to have players that have the fortitude to say, hey, go away and let me do my job. And I do hope that and I I have no idea, but my hope is that with all those things that we just described, that there is enough trust on the part of these players so that they could legitimately say to somebody who they're recruiting to the Cardinals, yeah, this is going to be a good spot for you. Adam Wainwright, Matt Holliday over the years have done a great job of trying to, re- Albert, recruit mm-hmm. players to the Cardinals. I don't know now if you can, if you're a player for the Cardinals, can you legitimately go to another player and say, hey, yeah, this is great. You can really trust him here. Based on what we've seen with O'Neal, and, and I don't know who's right, who's wrong, what the truth is, but O'Neal, Contreras, Zach Thompson, several other situations, Newt Barr in center field, Edmund in center field, O'Neal in center field, whomever. I wonder how what the faith level is of players outside of this organization, in this organization, to, to join it. You know who has a lot of respect in the entire league? Who? Nolan Arenado. He does. If he is going out there and recruiting players and saying, look, because even he's frustrated. We don't know what those conversations offseason mm-hmm. were like with him. But if he's able to go out there and continue to recruit and help bring in more players for the Cardinals, which it seems like he would be willing to do because he wants to win as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. 2024 needs to happen. That's what it sounds like from the organization, from Nolan as well. He wants to win now, too, of course. But if you're looking ahead with this organization and what what they're trying to do, I can see Nolan, if he's going out there and recruiting, that's somebody that a lot of people will listen to. They're like, okay, well, if Nolan can see a way where they can get past whatever happened, all those things that happened this season, then I believe in the organization as well. Definitely. One other note on this rush hour reset, the New York Giants assigned Saquon Barkley to a one-year deal worth up to $11 million He'll become a free agent after this season. A $2 million signing bonus. He won't be the highest paid running back in the league. He doesn't get his long-term contract, but he is in camp, and he will lead the way to the Giants' uh, NFC championship victory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Not- Who's the quarterback? Daniel Jones, the uh, the white Lamar Jackson. <laughs> oh my God! Who's the, who are they throwing the ball to? Because last I checked, Saquon uh, was the leading receiver on the team. Yeah, they got some issues there, Kerry. Okay. <laughs> He's going to be Lamar Jackson for sure, running that right, ball. No receivers. <laughs> uh, coming up, there are more trade rumors. There's some interesting stuff popping up this morning, and we'll bring you the latest next year on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Live from the Car Shield Studio, this is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. The whole team has been badly managed this year. I don't know who's calling the shots. I suspect it's Mosaic. But I don't know for sure. But who's ever calling the shots? Come on, you need to go. It's time for a whole shakeup and a whole big change in the management of this team if we ever want to win again. So uh, Janet, friend of the station, friend of the show, is of the belief 
that some people need to be rehomed. Oh, that's and that's the term that we have adopted here because it's not that we're wishing people to lose their jobs. It's just a rehoming, right? Mm-hmm. Finding a better situation. I, Sometimes it doesn't work out. You know what? You don't like the rehoming well, CD? I think it's kind of the same thing as giving someone no, a new job. No, it's just they're going somewhere else. Yeah. So, so we're waiting, not firing them. They're, they're in a better place. This is kind of like your way to humanize <laughs> these people is to not just, humanize. You, think okay. about it. Think <laughs> about this. Think about this. Okay. We want think to about be this. Okay. okay. We, this is something that we can all relate to. Okay. <laughs> think about a little scared puppy in a hoarding situation. Okay. Okay. And gets to go to a glorious house where it gets all kinds of treats and gets fed and yeah. has its own little donut bed and everything. And it's rehomed in a perfect situation. That's what we're dreaming for, for these people that are in charge of this cardinal situation. Yeah. But what if the, the home that they were in gets cleaned up and it's a much better home? The, the, the new person, the new dog gets that better home, right? Yeah, so good for oh, them. Well, no, this is just, it's one dog moving on to greener pastures. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds So basically taking a long great. car ride out, out <laughs> yeah. to the old farm? I don't like is this. Is that what you're saying? I don't like this. That, sound, that doesn't sound great. I'm just rehomed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Our friend Derek Gould at STLToday.com reporting that there is a team with interest in Stephen Matz, an American League team. Nobody's going to admit it, but they've got... Did I just say that out loud? I'm sorry. Uh, An American League team that has interest in Stephen Matz. Now, the history of one John Mozeliak is that he deals with the New York Yankees, right? He deals Mm -hmm. with the Cleveland Guardians. He deals with the Toronto Blue Jays. And he deals with the Tampa Bay Rays. I would think that it'd be one of those four teams that would be interested in Stephen Matz, who, by the way, came from Toronto, where he had arguably his best season. Well, I mean, if you have an opportunity to move Stephen Matz, again, my concern would be, Randy and Brooke, where does this starting rotation go next year and what does this bullpen look like? You're going to have a completely different – this team will be completely different from what it was last year, mm-hmm. specifically in the in the, in the the pitching portion of the team. And, and what does this starting rotation look like? You won't have – you'll have Miles Michaelis. And what else? Because Matthew Libertor has been sent down. Dakota Hudson, do you trust him enough? Is McGreevy and, and Graceffo, are they ready? Steven Matz has started in this league and has had success. If you send him away as well, now you're looking at one guy. Adam Wainwright is, is going to retire mm-hmm. after this season. You got one guy, assuming that Flaherty and Montgomery are gone and not being re-signed in the offseason. You got one guy. I don't know what should scare you more, the fact that you saw what this Cardinals rotation did all season long or going into next season, knowing you got one guy. I'm, and, and by the way, I'm looking at it as two guys because I'm going to have a rookie at the back end of the, my rotation. You don't know who they Whether it's Graceffo, yeah. McGreevy, Connor Thomas. Uh, McGreevy's Tom- definitely like Zach a four Thompson? or five guy. Zach Thompson. Is he, is he stretched out yet? We don't know. Okay. But yeah, he's another guy. (laughs) Thompson's everywhere. That poor man has been (laughs) dragged everywhere everywhere this season. (laughs) But I, if if I'm the Cardinals, I am rebuilding the rotation. I need a front of the rotation guy. There's not many available, but you have to commit yourself to getting one of those. Michaelis can be your number two, and then you need legitimate veteran three and four type guys. One of those guys that I hoped would be here as much for his personality as anything, and he has pitched well in the second half, is Lance Lynn, who reportedly has the Cardinals among 10 teams on his no trade list. He's got a no trade protection clause in his contract. And one of the teams that he did not want to come to 
for whatever reason, when he signed in July of 2021, was St. Louis. Why is that? That's a that, great question. That, that. He didn't leave on good terms. That could be a big reason why. Yeah. That that should give you a, a peek, a window, a peek behind mm-hmm. the curtain. So no Lance Lynn. But you can look at guys like Kyle Hendricks out there. There's going to be enough pitchers out there that you can uh, take your shot. Giolito's going to get ridiculous money, so Giolito's not a guy. And you could always, and I know you guys have talked a lot about this, you could always, if you so desired, try to bring a guy like Montgomery back, right? Uh, yeah, you could try, but I don't think he's coming back. coming back. Or Flaherty, by the way. There, no, I don't, think I don't know. I think back. when those two are gone, that they are most likely gone. I, I think, think so that that's, I think that's the way it's going to go. And look, maybe this is me being too sunshine and lollipops, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at a positive for this offseason. Does it concern me with the history of the Cardinals front office and free agency and how they've approached it and handled it? Yes. But at the same time, I think we can all agree they're not going to trade Nolan Arnauto and Paul Goldschmidt. We can get those rumors behind. I know ESPN just put out an article, but even in his own article, he mentioned the fact that they're not going to likely part with Nolan Arnauto. So if you're going to keep that core group, which is what it seems like Mosaic is relaying to reporters and people, then what does that tell you about 2024? That they still think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do that in free agency with getting some really good starting pitching. So to me, that signals that they will be willing to pay a lot of money. I would hope so. They they absolutely need Because you it. can't do yeah. what you did this past right. offseason. Right. No, you can't. And by the way, if you want to set up for 24 and Logan Gilbert is one of the guys that you get from Seattle, I think he's fine as a three or four. I don't trust him. I Well, I can't trust him because he's never been a number one type pitcher before like Aaron Nola has been. So while I think I like his upside, I want a legitimate number one. But if the Cardinals go out and get a, a Logan Gilbert as a uh, number three or four starter. I'm willing to take a chance on that. I'm I'm willing to take a chance on a lot of different different guys. Kyle Hendricks, who's bounced back. And I know the Cardinals are saying, well, we're going to go swing and miss. We're going to go swing and miss. Kyle Hendricks is the guy they've always needed with a good defense like this. And he would thrive if coached properly. That's a big caveat here. If coached properly, he could thrive in a place like St. Louis. Well, we'll see what the what the offseason trade deadline offseason looks like for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's going to be extremely important. If they expect to have the opportunity to win the division and make a playoff push next year, they got to find some pitching. And they, they, mm-hmm. they had both starting, starting pitching and in the bullpen. Yep. They have to find it, and they got to find guys that are competing and not uh, faltering when, when the moments are the biggest. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. And by the way, I don't know Dusty Blake at all. I know that he is the Cardinal pitching coach, but I, I, if Dusty Blake saw me, he wouldn't know me. So I've never had a conversation with him. But all I can do is look at the results here and look at the results of the Cardinals last year and look at the results of the Rangers this year. And something is different. And the same group of pitchers generally – Monty pitched really well for the Cardinals last year. Uh, the, the bullpen pitched much better last year than it has this year. And the only difference, well, there, there's a couple differences, but number the number one one is a different pitching coach. So maybe some help for uh, Dusty Blake as well. Coming up next here on 101 ESPN, Claves will join us from the Valley of the Sun. He is next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
16 degrees in the Valley of the Sun today. That's where Mike Claiborne is with the Cardinals on the heels of their 10-6 win over the Arizona Diamondbacks last night. Claves is with us on the Celebrity Line with uh, Brooke and Carrie. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to stay cool. So is there is there any golf on the horizon today for Mike Claiborne? There's not a chance on this planet. We <laughs> have the other ones in the solar system. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Somebody went for a walk yesterday, and they walked the course, which, first of all, I don't know why anybody would take a walk. They didn't see anybody on the golf course. Uh-huh. And, and where we're staying is it's a golf course here. But it's so hot, man, that um, the floor in my hotel room is warm. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. We landed on a Sunday night. It was 103 at night. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So it's so hot that uh, the dogs are chasing the cats and they're both walking. (laughs) No, it's a crawl. Uh, And you know what? what? The dog gave up. He jagged. I catch you next week. He's not going too far. How about the uh, relentlessness of this ball club last night? Well, you know what? I, I... this 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 is the biggest head scratching team I've ever been on, uh, because there's a lot going on. I mean, there's there's every agent in America, along with every scout that seems to be following this team now here we're in Arizona, and it's got to be a distraction that they know that every game they play is one more game, one less game they're going to play with each other by the end of the weekend, and they just found a way. I mean, they just found a way last night to to come back from again bad pitching. Uh, that cost his team on countless occasions. And uh, they're just resilient because if you look at that ninth inning, everybody in order was doing something. And if they didn't do something in that inning, you know, you had some other guys that contributed earlier. I mean, they, they, listen, the offense is not the problem with this ball club. I mean, they, they've always been able to hit. Now, there are going to be some teams that will throw a little cold water on them. But at the end of the day, this this team is as resilient as I've ever seen, and yet they – they can't get out of their own way on certain situations. Klaibs, how do you think you're talking about pitching? How do you restructure the pitching staff moving forward for 2024? Because you're talking about starting pitching, but we've been talking about the bullpen as well. And it's a good question, Brooke, uh, that we've all been kind of wondering about. Because let's say this. Okay, if you're going to trade pitching, then where is the pitching going to come from? Because you don't have it in your organization. There's no one that's really big league ready at this point. So the people that you get in return, well, if they're that close, then why aren't the, why isn't the other team keeping them? So you're in a real quandary right now with regard to how you're going to staff enough pitching to be competitive next year. Uh, I'm not sure if we want to go out on the free agent market again. It hasn't seemed to work out here recently. Um, you know, you want to try and trade for somebody that has, that you have control over. But this is a league-wide problem. Everybody, everyone is looking for pitching, and there just isn't enough to go around. So uh, the Cardinals are going to have to be creative. Um, They're going to have to be lucky. Um, And they're going to have to just really bear down. And and maybe they have to go out and re-sign some of the guys that they're going to try and trade. Claves, I, I just want to say you are one of the coolest guys I know. So for you to be hot, it must really be hot <laughs> out there. Yeah, you know what? I said that to myself yesterday. <laughs> I'm cool. This is uncool. I mean, seriously, man, it is. You know, it was like it, you know, like they said. Well, it's a dry heat. It's kind of like an oven compared to St. Louis, where it, the humidity overtakes you. This this area here, they have these winds that are blowing. It's just like somebody opened up an oven and just went, Ooh. 
It's 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 I've never seen anything like it. And they're going to break a record. They think they may break the, the may, maybe have some rain by the end of the week, but they've gone 25 consecutive days of over 110 degrees. Wow. That's ridiculous. Clay, you were talking about yeah. the, the, the pitching. And, again, if you're trading away pitching, you're not going to get major league ready pitching coming in return because, as you said, those guys would just be added to those rosters that, that, that our players were traded to, which means that they're going to have to develop some players. What is your faith in the Cardinals organization developing pitching? Because as it stands right now, you're probably looking at Miles Michaelis as the only returning starter going into 2024. Well, you, you're going to pay Steven Matt. So he'll be around, uh, I would think, unless you can put him in a deal. But, you know, if you look at the rotation now, Michaelis, Matt, uh, Flaherty, Montgomery, Wainwright, there's only one guy in that organization, only one guy that you developed in the organization, and that's Flaherty. Everybody else you had to get from somewhere else. Mm. So maybe you have to step back and take a look at what you're doing on that front. How are you developing pitching? And, and I think that when you look at that scenario, you have to also look around the league and see who is developing pitching. I mean, you know, is it Tampa? I would say, yeah, but then I say, well, wait a minute, what about Matthew Libertor? He, he, can't, he can't help you right now. So, you know, it, it's something that I think you have to step back and just say, all right, this is a new day. We can't teach pitching like we used to. This is now a swing in this league, okay? You know, we were pitch to contact because we had good defense. Well, you know what, pitch to contact doesn't work like it used to. So I think the philosophy – overall is going to have to be reviewed. And I think there's some other areas that probably need to be reviewed with regard to analytics because defensive positioning has not been there this year. I mean, they're hitting where we ain't. And so when you look at that, you, you look at the catching situation, you know, we don't have, we don't have a catching coordinator. You know, Yadier Molina was our catching coordinator. But he's not here anymore. There's nobody here officially that teaches catching. Uh, on the minor league level or the big league level. So you know, there's a lot of things that probably need to be reevaluated uh, you know, if you want to move forward. Now, if you want to re- you know, regress and step back and let somebody else be the team of the division, if not the National League, then be my guest. But I don't think, I don't think the Cardinals are going to go that route. I think they're going to try and step out and uh, reevaluate things and try and you know, maybe redesign themselves a little bit. Claves, a couple of weeks ago, I, I likened this catcher situation to a group project. Uh, Yadier Molina was the A student, and all of the other pitchers just showed up for the group project, and they got an A. And now you got Wilson Contreras, who may be a C-plus, B-minus student, but you're going to have to put in some work in order for you all to get an A, and the pitchers have not seemed like they're willing to put in the work to get that group project and make it an A. Do you see that as the case as well? Like Everyone has yeah, to buy in and be a part of it? I do, but and I don't, I'm not sure if Contreras is the leader of the class. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I think we run across, you know, I don't think they're guys that trust them. I mean, I, I think we've seen a lot of guys. If, you don't, if you're not convicted on throwing a pitch, it's not going to work. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll translate it in football terms. They call a play in a huddle, and you're not sure about it. You know, Kerry, next thing you know, it's second and 14. Yep. I mean, it doesn't work. And, you know, I think there's a trust factor that goes into it because here's the other thing. You know, when Yachty was here, he, nobody shook Yachty off because they trusted him. You know, there's times where Contreras would call for a slider like five or six times in a row. And then the seventh time, it was it was hit. So I, I just really think that it comes down to 
a, a trust factor that doesn't exist as we speak because uh, of how the results have turned out. So, again, I go back to the fact that you're right about the fact you got to have an A student that's a leader. We don't have an A student right now. And, Clay, and you know, I, I'll tell you a guy who's really kind of emerged. Um, Yvonne Herrera has shown flashes of being that guy. Uh, he's as well prepared as any young catcher I've seen. You know, he has his own set of notes compared to what the uh, the team gives him with regard to preparation as far as the opposition. So he has his own you know, cheat sheet that he goes with as well. So he's putting the work in. He just needs experience and just little things he can do. But, you know, the, the guy is really taking some leaps and bounds compared to this time last year. The other thing this team needs is serious bullpen help, right? They've got arms down there, but the, oh, the production isn't there. And it might need to be essentially a rebuilt bullpen. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, there's an, with the exception of Hicks, because he's closing and he's been effective, I don't think there's another guy out there that you really trust. You know, Chris Stratton has been a pretty solid guy. You know, but he's a bridge guy. He's a guy that gets you to see the seventh from the seventh inning to the eighth, or maybe the sixth to the seventh. But everybody else there has shown that they have a dent in their armor, and it just doesn't. They don't respond as well as you need them to. So I, I would agree, and I've always advocated this: we've never had legitimate experience in the bullpen. We've never had a Russ Springer, some other guys from yesteryear who had some real legitimate big league experience, other than Stratton. Everybody else you look at out there, this is their first legitimate rodeo. And I, I think it shows sometimes. I, th- I think it shows that maybe they haven't been in the fire or they haven't been in a high-leverage situation because of another organization and maybe they didn't get a long look. But here, look, man, this is a Cardinals and normally we're competing for something. And, and right now, we, we can't count on them on a daily basis. Michael, it's always good to hear your voice. So what are you going to do today? You just going to hang out in the hotel? Bro, I don't even walk near the window in my hotel. <laughs> that sounds miserable. I, mean, I was going to go for a swim, but I didn't want to get boiled. You know, so, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man. I might write a letter to somebody. I don't know. It's just I'm not going out of this room until it's time to get on that bus, man. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Uh, tell us what's going on at ClavesOnline.com. Well, we're going to have a sit-down with Bob Nightingale, who seems to be all over this this trade deadline situation. Uh, that comes up on Thursday. Uh, Dr. Rick Lehman and Rammer have some uh, very insightful podcasts with regard to sports medicine. Uh, what else do we have going on? We have a walk in the fairway with Nick Ragone. That'll come your way on Thursday. Talk a little golf as the golf season is kind of winding down, but there's still some other things that are going on that we need to talk about, it's, it's including the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Some big announcements are coming up on that. And uh, we have the Weekend Joe with Joe Roger. He always has some interesting people and guests. And now he and I have kind of gotten off into this TV thing. And I keep forgetting how young Joe is. And I roll out. Joe Joe Roger didn't know Mission Impossible used to be a TV show. Oh, no. This is yeah. tragic. So he had to do his homework. And the first thing he, he, he when he finally watched, he said, Barbara Bain, pretty hot. Mm-hmm. So now everybody, everybody who hasn't seen Mission Impossible, you know, check out the TV show. And, and you know, it held up really well. And, yes, Barbara Bain, would, it was uh, quite strikingly attractive. Peter Graves, right? right? Peter Graves was the second. He was the second guy. Uh, Stephen Hill was the first guy. Uh, yeah. Jim Phelps. And Stephen Hill went on to be part of Law & Order in the early years. He yeah. was the head guy. Adam. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Adam. Uh, but Stephen Gray, I mean, Peter Gray, who was James Arness's brother from Gunsmoke. Now I know mm-hmm. I got some people reeling now. So there's <laughs> it, a lot of history to that show. I love it. So Brooke, Brooke and Kerry, get on it. Get, do your homework next week. We'll have a quiz for you. We, we do, <laughs> we've always talked about it. We do, and you can join me, Claves. We need to do a segment called Back in My Day. I'm in. So, you know what? I was telling somebody the other day, I think if you and I, Bob Ramsey, Earl Lawson, Chip Carey went to a trivia night, and maybe we take Roger because he thinks he's young and hip. <laughs> I think it'd be a wrap, man. Uh, we do pretty I good. I think we yeah, do pretty we, good. We, we, but we're not we're not playing for gift certificates to you know pasta house or something. I mean, that's a great restaurant. I'm going. We need to be on the big stage. <laughs> I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. All right, Michael. I'm in. Have a great day, man. You guys have a great week. Take care. Right. Thanks. See you later. Mike Claiborne, you can hear him tonight on the Cardinal Broadcasts on the Cardinal Network on KMOX. And, of course, you can see his great work at ClavesOnline.com. We're going to head down the stretch with an edition of Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Earlier this summer, I was at the Seiden Stricker Nobi tent sale, and we're going to have another one of those coming up on Friday and this weekend. You can join me Friday from noon to 2 at the Seiden Stricker Nobi Partners tent sale happening at the St. Louis Premium Outlet Mall parking lot in Chesterfield. It's the final weekend of their sizzling summer sales event. Featuring great savings and great financing available with an easy on-the-spot application process. It's really cool. Come out and talk to their John Deere sales professionals to find the best equipment for your property. The John Deere equipment is amazing. It's Friday from noon to 2 with me at the Seiden Stricker Nobi Partners Tent Sale at the Outlet Mall in Chesterfield. Hope to see you out there. Come by and say hi, and uh, we'll take a picture on a John Deere together. Oh. It'll be fun. You can play that. Uh, was it, Who has that? Let's sing that Tim McGraw, or was it Kenny Chesney? Think uh, my tractor sexy. Yeah, I think it was. was it, I think it's Ch- Kenny Chesney. I have no Make idea. My oh, come on. Tractor sexy. sexy. Yep. I like that song. Uh, oh. Matthew, Kenny yeah, Chesney. Matthew just hating, <laughs> hating on the country. Sorry, I used that song. Like, as the you reason, are really angry about I that. I used that song as the reason I hated country music for like a t- solid decade. Okay. Oh, okay. Honestly, too. Uh, what do we have in terms of a rock and roll segment here, well, sir? We have some breaking news here. USC All American Bronny James collapsed on the court Monday and had cardiac arrest. He was taken to the hospital and is now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU. Here is a statement. This one is posted specifically by Sham Sharani. It's all over Twitter right now. Yesterday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family. We will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. If it's my kid, even though he loves basketball and grew up in a basketball family, he's not ever going to want for anything or need for anything. His, his want and need is going to be to play pro basketball, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to let him anymore. That would be absolutely terrifying, especially, I, I mean, if it's an enlarged heart, whatever it is, then he might not be able to. Didn't something similar happen with Shaq's son? He had a heart condition that they... Sh- uh, Sharif at UCLA. Yeah. He, yeah. They found out he had a heart condition. Yeah. 
It, it's uh, Jeff Green uh, for the Denver Nuggets had that issue. He had to have heart surgery mm-hmm. early in his career, and you know he's still playing basketball. So it, it's something if it's caught early enough can be taken care of. It is scary though. I mean, this is the thing when you it doesn't matter how much money you have when you have a health scare. There is really nothing you can do for that. So for me, it's um, it's it's definitely uh, concerning. I'm sure that they will have the best doctors, physicians mm-hmm. taking a look at him, making sure that he's healthy and all cleared. You're probably not going to be able to prevent him from wanting to play no. basketball going forward. So, you know, I, I, I think hopefully he'll be OK. And I mean, it's just to get that phone call as a parent oh, yeah. has to be the most earth shattering thing that can take place in that moment. Yeah, I, I always think of hand gathers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, mm. Yeah. And an interesting point here from CBS Sports is Matt Norlander, who points out that last year uh, USC also had a freshman who collapsed, uh, had, a, had a different freshman who collapsed during a workout. Uh, Vince, Vincent, I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely butcher the last name, Awuchkawu, and he had the cardiac arrest, very similarly, out of the ICU that day, and he played in 14 games, started five of them on the back end of USC season. So. We'll see how, how this affects, obviously, Bronny playing this year for USC, but obviously very happy. That's all great. Speaking of some uh, news that just hit Twitter, Patrice Bergeron, him of just all of the trophies in the world for defensive forwards, yep. the Selkie all all over the place. Patrice Bergeron has announced his retirement from the NHL. Uh, absolutely incredible career for him and, and really just... I, when I started watching hockey in the mid-2000s and he started racking up selfie, selkie trophies, that's what I thought a forward was supposed to do. So congratulations to P- P- Patrice Bergeron. I can't believe he actually still plays. Glad he, he played the last, like, four years. Yeah, glad, glad he didn't uh, win that cup in 2019. That's nah, pretty, pretty cool <laughs> for St. Louis. I just am. <laughs> I just am. <laughs> and kind of clearing the deck here, we, we mentioned yesterday that the Vikings' new receiver – uh, Who's your quarterback? Uh, it's Kirk Cousins. Just mm-hmm. incredible. And one of his... It's amazing. One of his weapons who Top will obviously catch 100 time. passes for like 1,900 yards this year is rookie out of USC, Jordan Addison, who was clocked going 140 down the freeway. But with a great reason. Yes. But he has come out and said that he does have a good reason for it. Apparently his dog was having an emergency and he was trying to get him to the vet. He has since come out and said he'll try to make better decisions next time. Um, we haven't got 100% clarification on if the dog's okay. That's honestly what I care about yeah. at this point. But an interesting wrinkle in, in, a, in a story about a wide receiver who's, who wants to go fast. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think it was uh, he didn't get in any he didn't get in any trouble. So I'm assuming that his story checks out. I'm sure yeah, when the officer helped to pay him over fine. Yeah, but they'll they'll wipe that off. You his shouldn't record. shouldn't drive that fast. I understand that. But that can I mean, you know, that can be extremely that's, nerve wracking knowing that really your dog fast. is. He's in a Lamborghini. I feel issue. like it's easy. There's nobody out there. It, yeah, Listen. it's 3 a.m. You're in yeah. a Lamborghini. I get that it's hard to not go over 100, but 140. That's fast. In a 55, by the way? That feels like 55. It didn't <laughs> feel like 140. I can guarantee you but that. But like with dogs, oh, really too. Care. They're like your children. So I can yeah. understand if you're panicking, yeah. if there's a medical emergency with your dog. Totally get it. Oh, I'm flying. If yeah. Stevie... 140? I don't know if I. I don't know if my Jeep can get that. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if, it, if I've, I've been able to ever accomplish that. Maybe if I tried hard enough, I, I would I definitely I fly fast. So I love how uh, Jordan Edison. What about whether, your Tesla? I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a dog or not. <laughs> but 
doesn't doesn't Addison become a sympathetic figure now? He was going 140. Yeah, but I was doing something for my dog. Yeah. Aw, that's where everybody. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Yeah. He played it so smart. He really did. <laughs> and we talked yesterday about this Zoom meeting for all the running backs. Uh, apparently, they didn't come to much of a consensus or really have much of a plan because how in the world is this contract that Saquon signed only have a million dollars in incentives? I understand only saying we're going to give you the 10.8, 10.9 at the cap that the uh, tag oh, was. Oh, 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 how oh, does oh, he not oh, at least oh, get oh, oh, like oh, $4 million oh, in incentives? Oh, 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 because if he's oh, happy, he gets, oh, he's Mr. there. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Maybe because the Giants are over the salary cap right now? <laughs> that seems like a team-building issue to me, Randy. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, a team-building issue that you don't I, want to get fined for. What I hope he did was not get – I hope he put in there that he can't be franchise-tagged next year, even though the number would go up. It, it goes up. Well, he didn't for get franchise this year. no big deal. He didn't, get, he didn't get the tag this year. But I, true, I'm yeah. assuming he put it in there to not get tagged for next year. If he didn't, yeah. then his agent needs to – they need to have a conversation. I, I would listen, figure out somebody else's contract, find me some money because I, I, I got to pay my running back legitimate number here because he's barely oh making God. more than Chubb. Time is and he's it? still well paid below Christian McCaffrey. 956. Well, they're here early. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do you know, People just, on the YouTube can see <laughs> behind Brooke that, that uh, Action Jackson was just sitting there waiting for us. Uh, this is they're, amazing. They're like ready to get in here. Well, Randy, we, we got to wrap up the show. I mean, that's rock and roll. Baby. We got to get out of here, guys. Well, um, <laughs> it looks like Tim who allegedly didn't golf yesterday <laughs> no. because he was being tested for strep throat. But he, it looks like he's ready to get out on the links today. <laughs> well, it's because you did a, a prayer for him, remember? I did. Yes. Yes. Baby for him. Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. you did. Please you let did. Tim be okay. And so that's why he's okay. You did that, Randy. Well, Tim, you're yeah, welcome. I don't know if he did it. He was a man. He had a beard. Baby Jesus did it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. CD? I pull bears. You do. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning, which is hump day and Ask Uncle Randy Day at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.